Hey, uh, Holman, I know you're engrossed in this high-speed pursuit, but uh, we have yeah. a show to it's, do. Uh, Southern California's favorite pastime. I, I realize that we have a high-speed pursuit like three times a week here in L.A. What are you doing to your microphone? Well, it just fell out. Well, it's because you're not paying attention to the show. Stop there, it. There, I have to fix the microphone. I got it. All right, turn right. your phone off. I know Hold you're on. streaming this thing live. Gasoline here, but uh, I'm just wondering. I always like how the newscasters <laughs> are like, I wonder how much tank of gas they have left. Let me uh, figure let me use these big words on the air. It drives me absolutely bonkers because no one, none of the anchors are car people. They're like, that looks like a uh, Honda uh, Corolla. Or and, and, a, it's a, uh, and it's a Chevy Tahoe. A Nissan Tahoe. <laughs> or, uh, no, seriously, they, it, it, you watch these things, and I'm sitting there. So I used to know or follow one of the helicopter pilots. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, so whenever he would be up there, I would tell him what it was. You go, oh, I just heard from that Sean P. Holman. It's a, you know, whatever. And so I would inform them because one of my pet peeves. So listen, here's the thing. You guys don't understand this, but probably five times a week or more, there's a live pursuit followed by the media helicopters on the freeways and streets of Los Angeles. There have been the ones where they've flown off cliffs. Mm-hmm. There was one a few months ago where on an overpass, a dude went running, didn't realize he was on the bridge, and fell, fell off. 30 feet below, <laughs> straight down. He just uh-huh. disappeared. I'm like, he dead. Okay. All right? And then there's the one where the guys went up the Metrolink subway tracks mm-hmm. to get away. But the smart guys do two things. And this is what watching pursuits is uh, all about education. What I have learned is if you're running from the police... Go toward Disneyland or LAX where there's a flight restriction so the helicopter can't chase you. Or to a mall where there's lots of people. It is the Christmas holiday season. Just go r- right in. in the parking structure right. and disappear. And that's and then they're like, well, we got it now because of liability. LAPD, they used to be like, no, like you didn't get a mile until your car was destroyed. Now they follow them around like a circus train, and the only people out there with balls are the CHP. And then, like, CHP and I think San Bernardino, two years ago, you can Google it, shot the engine block from the helicopter on the freeway of a dude fleet. I'm like, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. It's because of San Bernardino. It's still the Wild West dude, down on awesome. 909. Yeah. I was like, my, my people. Okay. Did you see the Nissan Frontier last week? No. All right. There was a white Nissan Frontier contractor truck. Okay. It was a king cab with like a full like rack and camper shell on the back. Oh, camper, no ladders. It was just like, it was like one of those like commercial truck toppers. Okay. And these people were on the lamb for like two hours and they're pinging the, the speed limiter. It's like, oh, the Nissan Frontier is going 96. You're like, yeah. Did, did the newscasters know it was a Nissan Frontier? Not until the automotive experts called them and they go, oh, so-and-so says it, it looks like a Frontier. This thing went all over the place, but it went to Angel Stadium. And anybody who watched this pursuit, white Nissan Frontier, hits the driveway at Angel Stadium at like 70 miles an hour. Did it catch air? Not only did it catch air, but sparks flew out from under it, (laughs) and it kept going. And it kept going. He ran through barricades at Angel Stadium. He ran through a gate, still kept going. The cops were all over. Finally, he lost a tire. And six people got out. <laughs> six in a Nissan Frontier King Cab. It was a clown car. And I'm like, oh my, they keep coming. They keep coming. And I'm like, listen, that truck, it probably had a thousand pounds of tools and camper shell in it. It was hitting jumps and curbs. It was sparking. It took a flat tire to take it out. And I was like, damn right, Nissan Frontier right there, people. 
I don't know. Do you think they would sh- they should use that as um, marketing? I mean, they are on this show because I was just impressed. I mean, listen. Pursuits. When you need a getaway truck, <laughs> exactly. Nissan Frontier. <laughs> They're built tough. Uh, the best commercials are for some of the vehicles out there. Like you'll see, you're like, well, Hyundai's no good because the brakes caught on fire after uh, all the stop and go, or you know that Mustang's no good, just took out a bunch of people in a curb. And nah, the Frontier dude, I'm going for a Solid. Frontier. Yeah, King Cab with six people <laughs> in it. They pull out the driver, like, oh, it looks like a male driver. Oh, oh, there's a passenger. Oh, somebody was in the back. Somebody's. In- there, there, there's another person. What, they're, they're still pulling people up. There's a sixth person coming out of the truck, and you're going, there's only four seats in that thing. <laughs> no. All right, so what's the moral of the story? The, if you're going to uh, run from the, run law, from the law, do it in a do Nissan it in Frontier? A Nissan Frontier. I it see. should at least be high on your list, just like if you're looking for a new truck. Okay. So wait, are you saying that they should... Go into a Nissan dealer and steal one? No. Oh no! I uh, no. In the in the event that this is this is all theory, right? Uh huh. In the event you find yourself in something like that, in a situation where you need a solid, reliable vehicle to outlast your pursuer. Uh huh. Yeah, it doesn't have to. It could be just be a bad guy. No, let's flip this. You're okay. not a criminal. You're being chased. You're by, the hero. You're the hero. I like that. You're the hero in your zero gravity seats. And not only are you able to outlast the uh, smoke grenades and the uh, hellfire, but you're doing it listening to Elton John Rocket Man as you go 80 miles an hour speeding away on from the Fender your audio system. Uh-huh. Huh. This really took a different turn than I thought. And by the way, <laughs> just so you guys know, I'm not kidding about the pursuit. Traffic is, it's uh, still going on. It's still going. That's live. Still going on. All right. I got to finish watching this pursuit. Nope. Um, nope. Nope. We have go to start ahead. the show. Yeah. You go ahead and start the show. Well, all right. If you're looking for the most dependable vehicle to outrun your assailant, <laughs> yes. you need to check out a brand new Nissan Frontier. Or if you want to haul 2,406 pounds of, say, BBs. lumber. What? BBs. BBs in the back of your Titan? Yeah. That way you can uh, release the tailgate and then just let them go all over the road and everybody behind you spins out because oh, you're I getting like away. That. That's yeah. like total James Bond action. For right sure. There. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to carry over 2,400 pounds of BBs in the back of your truck, you can do the it. Titan is the way to do it. And they've got some amazing colors. So go down to your local wait, Nissan wait, dealer. Wait, you forgot the best part. The, the, the warranty? If something happens while you're driving it, uh, you know, escaping your assailants, mm-hmm. you just go down and uh, you can use your five-year 100,000-mile warranty. You don't think the service advisor would be like, uh, sir, I saw you on television. <laughs> he might, but, uh, but no, there's- there's enough Titans out there. It's like just get a white one. That way you just you just blend in. Go down to your local Nissan dealer and pick out your next getaway vehicle. Or head on over to NissanUSA.com where you can uh, build and price. Just don't forget to uh, click the Sharks with Lasers uh, option. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, new for 23. I see. All right, so Holman, what do you do if you've got a really hot rear end? <laughs> wait, wait, I asked that poorly. I'm talking about a rephrase. Rear hold on, hold on. If Re- you've got a really hold on, don't we have a we need a button for rephrasing? Uh, you mean like a rewind? Just, so, just I don't anything. It just needs to be the voice of God going, rephrase, rephrase. <laughs> All right, I I don't have that. Okay, well then uh, start over. Okay, what do you do if you've got a really hot differential because you tow heavy and you're cooking your rear differential fluid? Well. There's a number of things, Lightning, that I would consider, but first and foremost would be a Banks Ram Air differential cover. Wait, the patented one? Yes, the one that scoops the air from under your axle and delivers that stream of cool moving air through the long, thin fins up the backside and keeps those temps nice and uh, under control. That's precisely the one I'm referring to. If you have a Ram or a Ford or a GM truck... 
Head over to bankspower.com, type in your year-making model, and look at what patented device might be available for your rear end. I, I'm done talking about your rear end. So uh, listen, <laughs> if, if you need something to keep yours cool, bankspower.com, put in your year-make model and uh, find the application that's right for your truck. All right, Holman, I got a quiz for you. I'm going to read a couple quotes, and you tell me what I'm talking about. Okay. First one from Popular Mechanics, the only shovel you will ever need. The next one's from Maxim Magazine, the humble shovel may have reached its peak evolution. And from Esquire, it's handy as hell at home or on the road. All right, those quotes are good, but they're not shovel experts, Lightning, and I think that Susan at Demos would, uh, I'd like to submit to her our own quote that she can use from the Truck Show podcast, but I don't want it to be like one of these like, oh, best shovel ever, or the pinnacle of shovels. So or, how do you, how, do you top, how, how does the Truck Show podcast do a, a quote? compact yeah. and foldable, and it's, in quotes, heirloom quality. I mean, it's all those things, right? But I think that, uh, I think I can leave a better quote in uh, haiku. I don't. What, what, I don't even know what haiku is. Yes, I was you like, do. I was five like, seven five. Let's go. Five seven. Okay. All right. Are ready? On mm, hold on. <clears throat> and now, the Truck Show Podcast presents Demos with a haiku. Uh, before you do it, uh, you got to right. do it in a funny voice. I, I don't have any of those, but I'll do it in something weird and different. All right. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> this is uh, a poet, a poet man reading uh, the new Truck Show Podcast review for Demos. Okay. As a haiku. Lightning makes much waste. Standard shovel overwhelmed. Save the day, Demos. I like that. Well right. done. Thank you. Thank you. I just did, I did that on the fly right there. Well done. Well done. Do you think Susan will use that? Not in a million years. All right. Susan won't use that, and you guys will probably uh, be happy that that part of the uh, bit is over. But what you will use is the discount code of Truck Show. You get 10% when you check out from DemosProShovelTools.com. So go support our friends over at Demos and buy yourself a nice shovel for the holidays. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything is. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show, oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. You know, uh, 258 episodes, all right, that's more, but this is episode 258. Yep. Five years, and uh, we still don't know what rhymes with truck. There are some that know... Or think what they rhymes. know. Well, I, have we ever officially, like, I feel like that's one of those things where it's become its own thing on the show and nobody, they just, it's just normal now. It's right? like, the, is that like the band Imagine Dragons where no one actually knows what it means <laughs> and we just yeah. all accept we, it? We just accept that it's there, but nobody's ever given an official account of, uh, of what that word is. I don't really want to spend any time talking about it. You just want to let it let it slide? Yeah, just let it be. I just want people to know that we never actually agreed on what rhymes with it. Like we've, ne- I, we've never had that conversation. But I don't think it's a thing. You don't think it's a thing? No. Do you think if It's we, a non-thing. So we should do our next like 10 episodes with some sort of word replacing the bleep? No. 
You should let it ride the way just it is. Let it go. Yeah. Never to return to again. Not, no, I have no interest in talking. You think about there's this. no value in understanding what rhymes with truck? Nope. Wow. All right. Not at all. I think the conversation that's had in, in between the father and son or daughter in the back seat, Daddy, what rhymes with truck? That's the question I want to pose to our listeners. It's for them to no, decide, you know not it us. It's not for you and I to decide. It's like, uh, what is that, uh, lyricmeetings.com or something, where everybody argues over what the lyrics mean and they're all wrong? Yeah. We want you to interpret it your way. All right. It's episode 258. We've got Matthew Young from Meckman. They make the baddest alternators, in a, baddest in a good way. I was going to say, they. Yeah. Uh, I thought they're the uh, baddest alternators, alternators awesome. that you've ever come in contact with. We've never with. really deep dived on uh, alternators before. Like, we understand like what the potential is for upgrades, what are the pitfalls, what do you have to look for. And then he makes an alternator that is actually kind of beautiful looking. Well, we'll get to that. All right. All right. If Fair you're enough. into alternators. I mean, listen, you, this, no, is, this is going to be one of those episodes where people are like, Nah, but it's you guys will listen and then they go, I never had that much knowledge about alternators We've in my life. We've done this life. a lot. If You guys know this. If you've listened for any time, we have had guests on the show that you thought, well, I don't know if I really care about how a shock absorber works. And then the guest is done and you're like, holy crap. I, I can't wait to tell all my friends. I know a lot about shocks and shims and, and bypasses and all that. So it's really interesting. And I also want to talk about some Easter eggs. In this episode, but famous not Easter, Easter eggs. I know that lightning. Well, I'm not, I don't have the patience to wait for Easter to talk about Easter <laughs> eggs. So we're gonna do in this episode, and then I, I real quick, Holman. Uh-huh. I want to tell you about is something. Really quick with you. It is okay. Go ahead. On the way here, yeah, I spotted a BMW X3 with its lights out, and I heard you yell at them out the window. You were on the phone with me. Yes. And guess what he did? And then I heard gunshots. Guess and I went, what well, happened? He I, gone. I was in Compton. I was literally in Compton when that happened. He gone. The guy rolls down his window. I yell at him and said, headlights. And he says, what? And I go, your lights are off. And he says, what? And I said, your headlights are off. And he looks and he down. He said, what? He looks down. He turns them on. He looks back at me. And he goes, thank you. Well, what, what else is he going to say so to you? F you, die. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, okay. that's, they don't like when you tell them that. And he said, thank you, and it made my day. Well, you know what made my day? Hmm. I'm getting concrete tomorrow. You are getting concrete in your backyard. Yep. Concrete. I wonder what Holman's building in the back of, uh, of his backyard Let me that's tell you, about the size of our studio right Building here. stuff is not cheap mm. at all. Not if you got to pour concrete I'm and a, have to have rebar and yeah, all I'm that a, good stuff. I'm about to freaking start a GoFundMe page for myself. Yeah. Well, the good news is whatever you're building there it requires no electrical conduits. Yeah. No, no, no electricity. Uh, yeah. No, I do not currently have a 75 foot trench from my uh, panel in the mm. backyard. That's mm. that is not there. I did not have to uh, make sure that my uh, backyard had proper drainage at all. I didn't have to worry about those things. Right. Yeah, uh, it's been fun. I've 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 done some teasing on uh, our Instagram, and uh, everybody is hilarious. Can I go through some of the things that people think are going on in my backyard? I feel like this is not really truck related, but sure. What? How dare you? Listen, these are just some of the funny comments that our listeners have have left me, uh, including your wife, by the way. Hmm. Uh, Team Tillis uh, left me oh, a message. Really interesting. Uh, I've got a uh, new barbecue area. Yeah. Uh, Carvana vending machine garage. 
I like that. Uh, looks like somebody's getting a he shed. I, I responded, he shed pro. Your wife says pool. Better be a pool or a permanent stage for the band. So I like, oh, yeah, I like your thinking. Because you, you do have bands back yeah, there. Yeah, I was thinking about doing a rotating stage, though. That way you have two bands and then really make the Then you would need angry. a divider down the middle and it would have to be yeah. 100 feet wide. That's so expensive. Outside uh, pooper, except a oh, different word. Headquarters for the beloved truck-inspired podcast that we can't live without with a talk show jock at LBC Lightning. Now the bits are coming together. New studio for podcasting goodness? Make sure to line it with that SoundSkin stuff since they talked about their home line on the show. Like, you guys are smart. They listen. Here's one here. Um, uh, more project vehicle space. Mm-hmm. A small garage for a classic truck like an F100 or a podcast studio. Sean is rejecting corporate life and becoming an urban farmer. <laughs> uh, and then I wrote back, going to grow eggplants with a little eggplant emoji. Dude, has, I feel like I that's do. a tattoo that someone would get, urban <laughs> farmer. A place to finally finish the F100 project uh, or a studio. Onward and upward. Man cave. Podcast studio. Uh, That's a lot of comments you got on this Recording thing. studio. Uh-huh. Can't wait to hear the story. Whiskey lounge, cigar bar. Um, it could be all those things, by the way. Cigar lounge, podcast studio, a uh, guy that looks like he has lots of extra time on his hands. Wow, that's brutal. Well, any, anyway, I just thought it was funny. I know we we're getting into Mechman, but it just reminded me, you guys have been awesomely supportive. Lots of DMs, lots of messages and stuff like that. Uh Good things are coming. We got we got a lot of cool stuff happening. And, and can I can I tell you this? Yeah, that the really good people who have stuck by us yes. for almost five years, yes. are still sticking by us. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, but Nissan guys, you think like Nissan gave us a check and then we just talk about them? No, we really like their their vehicles. The company has absolutely stood by us through all this stuff. They're just they're great people. It's a great product. We love working. We actually have like a really good relationship or partnership, and you don't always get that. We absolutely appreciate Nissan, and and that we will we're continuing on, continuing on, and but, we will give you more details as they become available. Yes, Is that fair to say. Some point, sure. Okay. Back to Mechman. You want me to give him a, a little daily dial? Uh, <laughs> no, that can't be worse no, than dial smile. Dialy dial. That's what came to my mind. I, no, don't give him a dialy dial. Can do. No, all right. Dial Matthew Young from Meckman. This is Matthew. Matthew, this is Lightning and Helmet of the Truck Show podcast. How you What's doing? What's happening? Hey, how you doing, gentlemen? We are outstanding. Wait, 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 wait. He just calls us gentlemen. Well, we're not gentlemen. We're so definitely we're, not I that. Didn't, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to insult you. <laughs> we, hey, listen, we have a reputation here, okay? 10-4. <laughs> hey, we have a quick uh, jingle to play, so don't move. Hold on one sec. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools. Wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you'll want to come back. All right, so Matthew is not only in the parts department, he is the parts department. I think, uh, Matt, you own Mechman. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. Yeah, it's been a while since uh, we've done uh, some biographical uh, background uh, deep dives on you. But from what I recall, uh, we did a video about Mechman for the bank's YouTube channel. I was already a fan, and I'm like, all right, we need these alternators for every project we do at Banks. And I don't know why, but for 
how many episodes have we done, Holman? 7,000 of the Truck Show Podcast, and uh, we have like a had, million. I know, right? And we haven't had Matthew as as a guest. So I, it's, I believe it's about I, time. Uh, I asked you on day one, and I'm like, you know what? We should have Mechman on. I think before day one, he said, no, no, we'll do it sometime in the future. So here we are five years later, <laughs> and you're finally coming through for me. Yeah, it turns out I'm bad. I'm not a good guest booker. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy to get the invite. Well, uh, we're happy that you uh, made time for us. I uh, One of the uh, the times in my life when I was off-roading, I had built a project vehicle for Four Wheeler Magazine back in the day, and I was in Death Valley, and I had a whole lot of KC lights. I had some HIDs on the bumper. I had lights on the roof rack. I had lights on the side of the roof rack. And uh, I was driving through Death Valley, and this was a SEMA vehicle that we had built for uh, the Toyota booth. It was a 4Runner back in, uh, like, 2010. And uh, we built this overlanding 4Runner. And I didn't even think about battery or alternator. I just hooked up. You know, I had an S-Pod and lots of lights and hooked them all up. You figured, I've got relays. I'm fine. I'm driving through the middle of the desert in pitch black moonless night mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the needles are sweeping and things on the dash are clicking and going out and I'm I'm like got this exceptional field of view uh-huh. from uh, the uh, the driver's seat and I'm thinking to myself man this Toyota is having problems what could it be it's all these electrical problems and <laughs> I'm looking out the window going why if only I could figure it out I went Oh, yeah. So as soon as I started shutting the lights off, all of a sudden the uh, dash came back and the uh, lights uh, went away and all that. And uh, not that you're making you know Toyota alternators, but the point being that there's times when truck guys like to uh, mod their stuff and they don't maybe think uh, the whole thing through. Are you saying they over-accessorize? Uh, they might over-accessorize <laughs> and you need a guy like Matthew, to come through and make sure that uh, your, your vehicle can provide the juice for all your toys. <laughs> Providing well, the juice sure. for all the toys? <laughs> That's now. See, now I know why you said you weren't gentlemen. Right, yeah. <laughs> so what we have to do, before you jump into that, we got to back up, and you got to give us the history of Mechman. So rewind the clock. How did you get involved with Mechman? Oh, I'm going to try and make this uh, uh, <laughs> make a long story short. Um, the company was started by Dennis. Um, he, he started back in 1978 in the, uh, in the Apple Valley area, high desert, Southern California. Type I deal. know it well. Yeah. yeah D- Dennis Moore started way back when, and you know, it's a, it was a one man shop for quite a while. And then he, uh, uh came, uh, across kind of joined forces with a company called power master, um, that I was working for at the time. And Powermaster and, uh, used to make the uh, the welding kits and the high-amp alternator for Jeeps and stuff. Yeah, they still do. Yeah. Uh, they're, you know, they're still around and still making stuff. But in any case, uh, they it, that company ended up getting bought out by a company up in Chicago, and I, di- I didn't go along with the transfer. But uh, they gave me the – at the time, I was managing – MacMan alternators, and it was a three-man team at the time. This goes back, I guess, about 13 years ago. And uh, I was, they offered to sell me the MacMan, you know, basically just the name and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, uh, I bought it and kind of Dennis came along for the ride. And I think I think he'll be 82 this year. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, he's he's an incredibly smart guy, savant, some might say. And he's still there with but, you, right? No, he's he's uh, retired now. Okay, um, but we still but we still chat. We're still in touch. He he lives in town here in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, where we're based. 
And uh, any, at any point, we just kind of grew it from there. And now we got, you know, nice building and working on another building and OEMing stuff for all kinds of marine companies and truck diesel companies and all kinds of stuff. So it's it's been a wild ride. And uh, I just checked. He does have a 240 amp alternator for that very uh, forerunner I was just talking about. So yeah. uh, you guys yeah, have quite, sure. the, uh, quite the SKUs and selections, I think. Maybe because of my conversations with Lightning, I was more familiar with some of the GM and diesel alternators, but you guys literally have applications for everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we just uh, actually just released a new overlanding catalog specific for overlanding vehicles, and it features the, you know, the more popular stuff, the big three, Chevy Ford Dodge, but then also Toyota and some others. Now, when you started and you took over Megman, were you solving a problem or were you just another guy in the space? Like, what was your niche? Was it higher output? Was it reliability? Was it the structure of the case? There it was all. It was a, a combination of things. Um, you know, Powermaster specializes in the performance market. They, they also make truck stuff and, you know, things like that. Um, but at the time, they didn't offer super what I would consider higher output alternators. I think probably the highest that they offered at the time was 250 amp. And since then, they've expanded and they offer a lot more stuff. Uh, they didn't really have a wide selection of vehicle fitments. And Dennis, you know, he had designs, you know, that he had case designs he had come up with, you know, putting physically larger, large case um, alternators in place of a smaller case alternator, let's say like on a Nissan hard body pickup or something like that, you know, or Honda Accord. Um, so we had a, a, a really big catalog at the time. We've actually shrunk that down some just to focus on the, the big sellers, you know, so you can get it out the door in a timely fashion. Since then, we applied six phase technology to the alternators, which at the time, that's an OEM technology that came out in the very late, about 98, 99 or so. And now it's prevalent in a lot of modern vehicles, but it's just a better, it's a better mousetrap. You know, the alternators have 12 diodes instead of six to spread out the heat and handle the power. They use square wire so you can pack more copper in a smaller space. They're very dense. It's funny, you know, some of the uh, things you're talking about, like the square wires, is some of the technology being used in uh, the EV motors these days. And they also, to pack in more copper, are using square wires, which I think is pretty interesting. I guess they uh, one of the styles is like a, um, looks like a bobby pin or hairpin is yeah. a style yeah. that they use. Yeah, well, like, yeah can, exactly. Can we break down, just for a second, for guys like me or anyone else who's listening, break down an alternator. What are its components? And then when we get through that, then tell us how you improved upon them. Sure. Yeah, so it's it's a relatively simple device, an alternator. You have uh, the rectifier, which is the part on the back that has your diodes in it, and all that does is cut off one half. You know, when an alternator is generating current, initially it's alternating current. That's why they call it an alternator instead of a generator. You know, a generator is DC current straight off the bat. So an alternator, you have to rectify the current, hence the rectifier. So you're cutting half the wave off so that it's DC current instead of AC current. You can't put AC to a battery, at least not for very long anyways, and not to any big magnitude. It needs to be direct current. So that's what the rectifier does, and it's also what dissipates the heat. You can think of it like the radiator for a car. That's basically. totally different than what Lightning's rectifier does. <laughs> I think Definitely not direct uh, current. I think it might just be, uh, all, well, it might be alternating. When's the last time you saw my rectifier? <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> Good. Well, what we do, uh, the, the 
the official term around the shop for a rectifier is a rectum fire. A rectum <laughs> fire. Pl- plenty of that in the studio. Uh, there's, oh, yeah. Holman after a pizza. There's a lot of- uh, That's not true. <laughs> pizza is burps. Oh, I, oh you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, so so that's, your, that's what rectifies the current and also dissipates most of the heat. Then you have. Your I'm rotor, sorry, it's impossible the... not to giggle when you hear rectifier. <laughs> rectifier. Just, we're 12 year old kids with, pot, with a podcast not, mic. There's no e in the. It's not a e rectifier. It's rectifier. It's just silly. You right. giggle. Can't help it. I've well, been, <laughs> had that kind of week where rectifier makes me giggle. I, oh, I yes. can... All right, carry on. So every time, so, okay. every time he All says right. it, do I need to? No, you say no. <laughs> okay. Oh, we got to give him a bell. We give him a bell. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you could have better sound effects for that particular word, but <laughs> we do <laughs> need a spring. Might not be, yes, <laughs> or a shotgun blast. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both barrels. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the rotor is the part that spins, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's basically a coil. It has steel pole pieces in it, and as a, a, it's on the inside of that, the pole is wound with a coil it basically is, is a spinning electromagnet when you put current through that coil it you know what happens when you wrap coil, copper wire around a piece of steel and put current to it it becomes uh, an electromagnet and the, so the, the rotor spin it has pole pieces little steel pieces and it spins and it creates i mean you can talk about a, the physics of a rotor all day long but it creates a magnetic field around it that runs through the center of the the, the pole the shaft that your pulley would go on that spins and that spins inside of the stator the stator is what we were talking about with the square wire and the hairpin configuration that's just a, a steel a, a whole bunch of laminated steel thin steel pieces in a, in a round piece and the rotor spins inside of that and the the leads that come off of the windings of that stator connect to the rectifier to the diodes in the rectifier so when you spin the electromagnet the rotor inside of the coils of the stator you get ac current coming out of those leads that come out from the stator and connect to the rectifier they go through the diodes and then out the out the output stud of the alternator where you connect your positive battery cable, you know, the place where the juice comes out. On the other side, once it's passed through the rectifier, you now have DC current. And, and that's like and that. you, of course you have yeah, and you have bearings, you know, there's a front bearing and a rear bearing. And then, you know, your case halves, your pulley. In your rear cover. And what were much so so? Matthew, oh, what, I missed out. I, I left yeah, out a really okay. important part: the regulator. And a lot of that's what a lot of people have questions about and don't really understand. Most of our alternators use an internal voltage regulator. Some specialty applications, customer might want an adjustable voltage external regulator for you know specialty stuff, sixteen volt batteries, whatever the case may be. But the regulator is what senses what the voltage is in the battery. It senses that through the, the battery primary connection to the alternator. And it, so it can see what the voltage is in the battery. And the regulator you know, has a set point. You know, Usually, depending on the application of the vehicle, it might be somewhere between 13.8 volts and 15 volts. It's depending on the spec for the OEM vehicle. So that regulator says, okay, my set point is 14.5 volts. I want to see 14.5 volts in that battery all the time. So I'm going to, I'm going to vary the amount of current, the amount of voltage rather, that goes to the rotor, to the electromagnet. So more, the more you put to that electromagnet, the stronger the field becomes, the more amperage the alternator is going to make. 
And as it rolls the input to the rotor down, you know, your amperage output from the alternator decreases because you can't just whack batteries with, you know, full output all the time. You'd boil them and explode them. So you, you want to, the regulator's job is to regulate the amount of current the alternator is putting to the battery to hit that target voltage. So is that a standard uh, alternator or some of these new smart ones with BMS where uh, a lot of the modern vehicles have a variable alternator, um, which mm -hmm. the computer decides what the amperage is it, that it's delivering. And then what's the difference between your, your standard traditional alternator and these smart ones that are in a lot of modern vehicles today? You know, it's really not that different. It's, it still has an internal regulator. It's just that the computer communicates with the regulator in the alternator. And some applications, a lot of late model Chevys, um, late model Nissans, various applications are monitoring amperage, not, not just the voltage, but the amperage is flowing through the factory battery cable. A lot of these trucks will have a little plastic sensor that literally goes around the factory positive or negative battery cable, depending on the vehicle. And what that sensor does is it talks to the vehicle's ECU and says, hey, the alternator has been pumping. This is currently pumping this much amperage and into the battery. And it's also monitoring the voltage at the same time. And depending on vehicle conditions, the computer will tell the regulator, hey, roll your voltage set point down to 13.5 volts. We're cruising down the highway. We don't need to pump that much voltage into the battery. And that actually extends battery life slightly. You know, you're not hitting it with, a, a, you know, the same amount of voltage all the time. You know, it allows you to, to roll that voltage down for fuel economy, and it also extends battery life. You turn your headlights on, you turn the air conditioning on. The ECU in the vehicle sees that, tells the regulator, hey, kick it up to 14.8. You know, we're running some accessories that need, need the juice. So from your standpoint, are you able to create high output uh, alternators that also are compatible with the new BMS systems on these new vehicles? Yeah, we sure do. Uh, they're, they're in our catalog right now. You know, they're, we offer them plug and play. And then depending on the application, if the customer, a lot of customers don't like the varying voltage, you know, they don't want to be cruising down the highway and have it to see their voltmeter literally just go from 14.8 and down to 13.5. You know, they want to have that healthy 14.8 all the time because they want to have power for their stereo or their lights or whatever, you know, winching, whatever it is they're doing. We offer uh, units that bypass the, the BCM module, like particularly in late model Chevy trucks, gas and diesel. People really want to have just a constant voltage all the time. So we actually have a module that put, and we ship the alternator with a single wire pigtail coming out of it. So all you have to do is connect that pigtail to an ignition switch 12 volt source and it just the alt and it's internally regulated just like an earlier model Chevrolet. And then we have a little module that plugs into the the factory alternator harness. It turns the check battery light off in the dash so you don't have an annoying So that was going to be my question is if you bypass it how do you make sure that you're not inundated with the Christmas lights uh, telling you you've done something stupid idiot? Yeah, well, that's we include the little module with the alternator in the box, and then you just plug it into the factory alternator harness, and away you go. So then, are there any drawbacks to doing that? I mean, I'm I'm assuming that the manufacturer probably has a variable alternator because of load and for fuel economy, because it's you know there's not as much load on the engine, and I, I'm guessing that's why they do it. 
you know, if you're willing to take that minuscule little uh, hit of fuel economy, you're not doing any damage to the vehicle by having a steady state alternator, correct? Exactly. Okay. I mean, you might you might reduce battery life a small amount. And you know, let's say instead of it lasting seven years, maybe it lasts six. But if you're in, particularly if you're in really hot climates where batteries don't last as long there anyways. But yeah, other than that, there are no there are no drawbacks. Now, what are the improvements that Mechman has other than like the beautiful billet cases? Where are you over factory? If I have a GMT 800 truck and I want and I've got light bars and I have a big Steve Mead stereo system, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and I have a lot of draw. How are you improving over stock? Is it just is it the pulley wheels? Is it the RPM? Is it the stator? It's the regulator, everything. Well, it's a, it's a modified stator, so we actually disassemble the stator windings and reconfigure them to produce more output. We also use a rotor that's of a lower impedance, which allows you to run a little bit more current through it and create a stronger field, physically making more amperage as well, particularly at low RPMs. And we also um, we're very strict on the diameters that we use. On rotors, the closer the air gap you get between the, st- the stator and the rotor, the more efficient the alternator is going to be. So we tighten that. We tighten that up a little bit. It, it complicates assembly, but it's worth it for the extra, you know, five to ten percent in output you can pick up. What's it like being smart? <laughs> well, let me tell you, Mr. Holman. It's wonderful. Well, well, yeah. What if I told you my, my degree was in political science? Was it really? So not, well, that's yeah, okay. My, my degree is in uh, law enforcement, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just tried to get the easiest piece of paper I could get. Well, that's the thing. Listen, that kids who are listening to the Truck Show podcast, college is important, but isn't everything, as you've heard us say before, you know, uh, trade schools, vocation, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. But listen, if you have to go to college, if your parents make just get the easiest degree because the majority of people in the world have no job, anything remotely related to what that piece of paper says. And companies don't care. They just want to see you have a degree. If I could go back in time, I wouldn't have gone to school. I would have just mentored under somebody. I would have found the smartest guy I could find that's successful and say, hey, let me work for you for free or for cheap free. See? And, We've talked about and, that. And, we have, you know, and and rob their rob their mind of their knowledge. You know, absolutely. This is the thing when when your parents are looking out their kitchen window while you're playing with your friends, and you're with like that doofy kid David that is you know, smoking weed and and throwing rocks at the neighbor kids and just picking his nose, and they're concerned for you. The reason they're concerned for you is because they know. That if you want to get ahead in life, you hang out with people who are more successful than you so that that there's a knowledge transfer there. Now, I don't and know what it says about people like me who hang out with lightning, but <laughs> but generally speaking. Well, you're smarter for it, I got to <laughs> say. Is that what it is? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if just 10% of my knowledge rubs off on you, you're 5% smarter. Wait, how does that well, work? And if you, well, and if you, think, if you think about it, you know, an intelligent, successful person in whatever industry or, you know, whether it be medical or anything they would love to have some ambitious young person come up and say hey here's what i want to do and i'm willing to be dedicated to you and help you you know and instead of racking up 50 200,000 however many 100,000 dollars worth of education costs you know you might even be able to make a few bucks say hey Heck i'll yeah. work for minimum wage i'll work for minimum wage or whatever you know and i'll sweep it, the floors have, if you'll take an hour a day to share with me what what you know and earn their trust. Yeah. And like we've said before, in all seriousness, mentors are the way to go. Find somebody 
who you can prove to them that you're worth their time and that you love the thing that they know and love as much as they do, and they will open the world up to you. Well, that, that's exactly what Dennis did for me. And I also learned a lot from the Power Master folks as well about a lot of different things, but uh, starters and stuff like that. Yeah, I just we worked together and I paid attention and did whatever he told me to do and it worked out. Going back to alternators and, and the tech, I recall, so we were working together a couple of years ago when we were building a supercharged twin turbo Duramax for the Diesel Brothers Bro Dozer. We're doing this at Banks and you supplied us with a, I want to say it was a 370 amp alternator or is it 340? 370? Um, it was a, yeah, it was, a, it was a 370. 370, right. Beautiful black anodized billet case. But we, we were having issues with the engine turning so slowly and then we could only pulley up, like, or we had to reduce the size of the pulley. And there was a kind of a threshold at which we wouldn't be able to charge the batteries because we couldn't spin the, the alternator fast enough. Is that something that happens infrequently or is it somewhat common where you have to pulley up or down to meet the needs of the, 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 uh, the vehicle? It's pretty infrequent, at least amongst our offering, our product offering. We engineer, you know, when I say, when I said earlier, we kind of shrunk our catalog down. Anything that wasn't just a super easy bolt in, you know, fall out of the box and install itself on the engine, you know, we discontinued it. Gotcha. And, you know, so, so that our whole product offering the, it has comes with the right size pulley on it, ready to go so that it charges well at idle. And the, the situation with the monster truck engine was that it had a, you know, super specialized custom one-off belt drive on it that was like a 1.5 to 1 ratio or something, if I recall. It was super, super underdriven, and I think that's what necessitated the pulley chain. Pretty much every alternator that we sell is going to start charging well at 2,400 RPM shaft speed. Okay. Now, that's not engine, that's not engine RPM. That's the RPM of the, the shaft and the alternator is spinning. So if you think about it, you know, most vehicles on the road have somewhere between a three to one and a four to one pulley ratio, just meaning that the drive pulley on the crankshaft of the engine is three to four times the size of the pulley on the alternator. So that means it's going to, let's say you're idling at 800 RPM, uh, and you have a three to one pulley ratio, you know, you got 2,400 RPM. So you're, you're making good output at 800 RPM engine speed. Okay. You know, that's just one example. It kind of varies. But uh, everything that we sell, you, you know, you shouldn't have to mess with pulleys or anything like that. I mean, there are some companies that will sell stuff that doesn't have very good low RPM output. And it may, you know, when it falls down to an idle, maybe it doesn't charge well at idle. I think that's what we were talking about is just idling. That's when we were going to be running into an issue. At yeah. speed, highway speeds, we'd, we'd be fine or, you know, when the truck is running. When the monster truck was going down the highway? Well, no, but in the, <laughs> in the stadium, I think we'd be fine. Mm -hmm. But at idle, that's when we'd, we'd fall a little short. Obviously, what I'm hearing is it's a non-issue. So yeah, that that was a very high. I mean, obviously that there was nothing to stop <laughs> on that specific, engine. Yeah, <laughs> but but, but uh, now like so, let's use a just a Duramax stock Duramax as an example. You know, you, you have a like six and three quarter inch crankshaft pulley or something like that. You know, and and a one point seven five inch pulley on the on the alternator. I can't remember the exact crankshaft pulley diameter off the top of my head on a Duramax, but it works out to be a four to one ratio. So even if the truck's idling at 600 RPM, 
you still have 2400 rpm at the alternator i mean you have you know in the case of the 370 amp unit on a stock duramax you'd have 200 amps available at idle and then once you get the truck going up anything above about 1500 rpm or so engine speed you know cruising speed you got full all 370 amps on tap and that is not peak like you're measuring a, a car stereo amplifier where they are you've got rms and then peak power this is 370 constant yeah, correct can, yeah you can well i mean there again the regulator if you're not using it's the alternators down, only, right. yeah. yeah yeah the regulators you're only the alternator is only going to make as much current as is required to keep the battery at the voltage set point okay so you know if you're using if you're just trying to run the truck with the air conditioning on you know, and running down the road, say you're using 60 amps, the alternator is going to make 60 amps. Let's say you turn up your massive stereo system and it starts drawing 400 or 500 amps of current, or whatever, the alternator is going to do all that it can to maintain that voltage. So it's going to go wide open, you know, go to 370 amps. And 370 is the, uh, the max output, or did you release one recently with more? Uh, we, we have a 400 amp uh, unit, a new 400 amp unit. Uh, available for in, all the applications that we had 370 amp units for. We came up with a little bit more efficient rotor design that does that kicks it up another 30 amps. And have you uh, taken it to SEMA and then arc welded with it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you could. Yeah, I mean, you easily could. Right. We're, we're we're we've been working on for years. It's been a very long term project. Um, we've been working on a welder that's non intrusive. You know, there's been a number of different. Uh, onboard welders available over the years. Um, a lot of them required you to put special diodes in the alternator, which not very many people are capable of doing themselves, or or they're just physically not available. You know, and you had to do take the all do various things, and it's kind of a difficult installation. We're trying to come up with like a, a handheld spool gun type deal that's in a little case, and you literally just. You, it would absolutely require a high output alternator for it to work, but you could literally just hook it up to your 12 volt battery and use, you know, the plan is to use solid state technology. It's a very efficient way of creating, it's basically an inverter type welder, it uses inverter technology. So you could actually arrive at a nice, you know, powered, you know, let's say flux core, you know, just so it's portable, you don't have to worry about gas, but, you know, a MIG gun that fits in a, you know, box is a little bit smaller than a suitcase you know i just have them on uh, mechman.com so uh, m-e-c-h-m-a-n.com and, and by the way that was mechanical man that's the mechman that's where it comes from so if- yeah dennis yeah dennis originally named the company the mechanical man because he did all kinds of stuff and then he shortened it to get the web through the web address shorter <laughs> he shortened it to mechman so i'm looking at mechman.com so if you're in the market for a uh, a new alternator there's a couple things that that draw my uh, my eye one is the absolutely gorgeous billet and powder coated uh bodies they, they almost look like a billet wheel they are just unbelievably uh, amazing. Those are the uh, Elite Series, I guess. What a what an amazing yeah. look! I just very. I mean, I've never seen an alternator look like that before. That's super cool. But you go through, you can do, uh, you know, motor swaps and universal custom and even marine applications. But you guys have applications for Acura and Buick, Cadillac, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram trucks, Ford, GMC, Honda, Hummer, Jeep, Lexus, Lincoln, Mazda, Mercury, Oldsmobile, Polaris. Pontiac, Saturn, Scion, Toyota, and Volkswagen. 
And then you also have uh, some dual bracket kits and a bunch of uh, different applications for adding dual alternators for those folks who who need that on a truck that didn't uh, come from it from the factory, which is, I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great that that's a great product for the gas truck guys that didn't necessarily have the option of a dual alternator system. But uh, they go on, bolt on, super easy. The other cool part, too, is a lot of people, are start, especially in overlanding, are starting to do 24-volt equipment. So you could actually if you could actually purchase. We don't offer 24-volt alternators. Yet. If you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we, we did for a while. But there again, it was just so pro- the test equipment is the problem. You know, our dynos, we have two in, pretty sophisticated in-house dynos. And they have to be configured to test a 24 we dyno test every single alternator before we ship it, so it would it was problematic. We did offer twenty four volt uh, for a while, but there, you know there's other companies that offer them. So we tell people if you wanted to, you could swap out the secondary alternator and have a totally separate twenty four volt system if you wanted to. Let's say that I'm interested. I know I have too too many lights, or I have too much stereo, or I've I've got a winch and I and I have issues, but. I'm not great with electrical equipment, and I know that I need or your mechanical product. equipment. No, or... that's me. No, I'm pretty good with that stuff. But honestly, like, take me through or painting equipment. The, no, painting I can't do. No, I, oh, I'm plumbing okay. equipment. No, plumbing. I'm a mother effer. Really? I'm a good can plumber. You, can you sweat a joint? Hell yeah. Really, dude? You that's saw impressive. You saw me put in my uh, my water heater, my tankless water heater. That looked like you you hired a plumber to freaking do that. Yeah, but have you uh, have you had to fix it yet? It hasn't broken yet. What do you mean yet? I'm just checking. Come on over. You on the way I've home. Been there. Stop by. Yeah, it looks bitch. Easy. It, I just stand on the street and look through your your single <laughs> half width car door and look yes. in the corner. Of that thing. you can see it. Yeah, it's pretty. I did some sexy <laughs> welding there, buddy. Hopefully uh, you can. Hopefully you have a you know a nice heated water bidet, you know, to handle this rectifier. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Tip your waitress. Try the meal. He'll be here all and week. And this is why we can be friends. Exactly. Okay. So getting back to this, how can I, what do I measure? Where do I put my positive and negative lead with my VOM, my voltmeter, and find out what the draw is so I know what to buy from Meckman? Like, I don't know. I, I just bought a Chinese light bar, 50-inch light bar, and I put it across my windshield. I bought spots in the back and new backup lights and HIDs, and now my whole truck's wonky. How do I sure. buy the right one? Well, there's a, there's a couple ways you can go about it. The easiest way for most customers, because it doesn't require any tools, is to just kind of measure, add up all of the, like that Chinese light bar somewhere in the literature, hopefully, of course, being Chinese, it may not be super awesome. But hopefully somewhere in the literature, they tell you what the amp draw of that equipment is. You know, big light bars are usually somewhere around 15 amps or something like that, depending on what it is. Um, you can actually, so you can say you look at your amplifier. So I want to take the, that 15-amp draw light bar and put on a 15-amp uh, fuse, right? Mm, no. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> How many yeah. guys do that? They're like, oh, yeah, I, I'll shove this in. The, it's LED. I'll put it on the 15-amp. No problem. Nope. Well, if they if they even use a fuse, <laughs> oh, they're, they're definitely no, they're please. definitely not, they're definitely not going to use a relay. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being facetious. You do get you do get people calling in that you're like, ah, sir, you might want to go talk to a mechanic. You know, it's like I I threw the, the the box and the alternator at the windshield, and the dang thing didn't go in by itself. But I won't return. <laughs> so basically, you're just saying. Get the literature, and if you've got a winch, it, you've got the lights, just add them up, up, right? Yeah. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, winches typically are always going to draw a buku amount of, you know, 300, 400, and the load goes up as, as you get into a bind against the cable. So it, it just because, I mean, the general rule of thumb for most customers is get the, the biggest alternator that will physically fit the car and not not over, you know, be too hard on the belt because belt slip issues could be an issue on the super high stuff. High, what high about wiring? Stuff. If you were to bit, put, grab the biggest output alternator you can that physically fits there, the belt works, is your wiring downstream going to be big enough in most cases to handle that? No, you're, you're going to have to add a supplemental positive and ground cable straight from the alternator to the terminals of the battery. That's all you have to do. You can leave your, all your stock cabling in place. You're just adding more copper to get that extra amp- amperage safely Got it. to okay. the battery. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because most, most OEMs, you know, they size wire as small as humanly possible to save money on copper. You know, if GM can save 25 cents per truck oh, by yeah. making the charge cable smaller. Kind of like for uh, all those SUVs and uh, trucks that have the 12-volt uh, cable or the 12-volt port in mm-hmm. the cargo area. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and you plug in your uh, Dometic or ARB fridge back there, and it goes into low voltage mode because even mm-hmm. though the uh, plug is there and it's fused correctly, the wires are such a thin gauge, the onboard battery monitor system on the fridges think that your battery is uh, out of voltage and shuts off the fridge to protect itself. I can't tell you how many trips we went on in a new SUV testing them with like a fridge, plugged it in the back, everything was running fine, come to find out that it thought the battery voltage had dropped because the wires are so thin and your stake is ruined for It'd the night. It would be interesting to, to measure the uh, increase in resistance across that line and yeah. drop in voltage. Well, I mean, all you have to do to do that is, you know, pop the pop the panel off or whatever, you know, let the truck run, sit idling, take voltage reading off the battery terminals. Let's say it's 14.5. And you go back there and you probe the wires going into the, inver- the factory 110 volt uh, inverter that the wires going into it not coming out of it because mm-hmm. that would be ac but and then see and measure the voltage there and then let's say the voltage there is 13.8 well you got seven tenths of a volt drop going from the battery through the wiring to that to the input to that inverter so obviously the wiring is not properly sized for the load yeah and then you could so, be losing a lot through the inverter as well i would assume yeah you you do lose some depending on the type of inverter it is you know, they're the best ones are maybe 75, 80% efficient. So you're losing 20, 25% of your input current just by, by virtue of that. I've seen, let, let's talk about Steve Mead for a second. So if you guys don't know the name Steve Mead, M-E-A-D-E is his last name. He is a car stereo guru up in Northern California, and he does the sound systems in the backs of cars and trucks that make the girl's hair fly. Like, have you ever seen those videos where... The base looks like static, and the yeah, the girl hair just looks like 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 she's a witch. It just floats. That's the base he creates, and he uses Mechman alternators exclusively. And I've seen a system where I think he's got up to like six of them. Matthews, that's not uh, right, or is it more? He's got he's got four on four. his on on the original Tahoe. Yeah, four of ours. Okay, he doesn't just uh, use our alternators. He actually manufactures a lot of parts for us. Oh no! Kidding. All that, all that, all that fancy laser engraving that you see on the front of those pretty billet alternators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, That's right. I forgot. He does, He's got a beautiful, a big Laguna laser up at his shop. Yeah, he does that. He laser cuts our those dual alternator bracket kits you were talking about. He laser cuts those for us, and all the pulleys, the engraving on the front of the pulley. He does that, does those for us, pallets at a time. 
He's an amazing guy. If you you got to follow Steve, just an interesting channel. Like there's no fluff. It's just a dude talking to the camera. And a lot of times he's just working. Like he doesn't even say very much, but it's fascinating. If you're into car stereo stuff, you got to check him out. And and like I said, there's a great relationship where there where he's using your gear. And I can only imagine that's about as taxing as you're going to get on an alternator, other than maybe multiple winches or something. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I mean a lot of some of these guys building these redo. Well, we had a demo hearse, you know, with had 18, 15 inch subwoofers in it. You know, and it it, it had eighty thousand watts in it. So, do <laughs> a I, hearse. By yeah. the way, that could bring someone back to life while they're. Uh, yeah. yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Wake the dead. We, we we've heard it all. We took yeah. this. We took it to shows for a number of years. It's still out there floating around, going to shows. We sold it to another company, but it was it was an in- interesting to see. You know, it was a good test rig for seeing. You know how much current. You know, it had thirty two group thirty four batteries in it. So and, 32 and, batteries. Yeah. 32 AGM group 34, but you know, it's a GM Rigos. And it didn't GM even, side, uh, you know, that would, that would put a few uh, EV cars out there, you know, uh, run for, give them a run for their money. That was a fun, that was a fun toy. You know, I broke the windshield and all that. <laughs> we, had to, we, had, we had to put a polycarbonate windshield in it. What are my price ranges for like entry level standard aluminum case all the way up to the Billet Elite Series 400 amp, where I've got light bars, fridge, the whole nine. Take us through from from bottom to top. So, I mean, for like let's say for like a Duramax app- application, we have a million different options for that, just because it's so popular. So your your entry level, just cast aluminum, um, 240 amp units, going to be 349 retail. You can pick that up through a number of different online retailers or direct from MacMan.com. Okay. And then it goes all the way up to six or seven forty nine for the four hundred amp units. That's a fancy billet case. Four hundred yeah. amps is a baller alternator. Yeah. Four four hundred amps is more power than probably some of the dual alternator kits back in the mid eighties on diesel trucks, I would imagine. You know it's amazing. So you remember my lifted dually and I had uh, Vision X lights all over that sucker. I would turn all of them on. I had forward-facing, side-facing, rear-facing, pods, HID headlights. But funny, that everything. whole time your headlights were off the entire time. <laughs> no, never off. <laughs> everything on, and my voltage would dip like a tenth of a, of a <laughs> volt. It just, the, the alternator, I had the 370 because he didn't have the, the, uh, the 400 at the time. This is years ago. And it just- 370 the, the alternator, because they didn't make a 400. Dude, the alternator's like- that's all you got, punk? Like, seriously? Mm-hmm. They're, they're pretty stout. Yeah. And especially, you know, on regarding pulley ratio, the diesels have such a big crank pulley. They were real, you know, factory diesels. They really crank out the juice at idle, you know, more even better than a gas truck. Well, if people uh, want to follow you, uh, they can, of course, mechman.com and then Facebook. So it's kind of funny. It's uh, facebook.com slash mechman2. So did you guys get screwed <laughs> on, like, getting hacked or something at some point? Yeah, we we actually did. That's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah, and it it something about the Bastards. configure. Yeah, something about the configuration of how we had things set up wasn't really optimized very well for keeping followers. There's something we didn't set up, you know, because it was set up 13 years ago. Sure. Uh, so uh, maybe about 11 years ago, we said, you know what, let's just can it, start we'll over, can it start over. It's easier. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. All right, and then uh, Mechman alternators on YouTube, and you guys have uh, quite a bit of content on there that's actually uh, pretty interesting and informative. 
Uh, if you want to follow them on uh, the Twitty Bird, uh, no, at MacMen. No one's following no, anyone no, it's on okay Twitter. Now. I don't hate Twitter now. Because Elon? Yeah. Really? I that hate, was all hate, it took? Well, I mean, it definitely uh, made me feel better about it. I'm I feel not better using, too, but- I'm, I'm not using it, but I don't hate it. Listen, if you follow MacMen on Facebook or YouTube, and that's it. That's all you need. No, no, Instagram. Uh, oh, Mac, Instagram. MacMen okay. underscore alternators. Dude, almost 33,000 followers for alternators. That's pretty amazing. It's because they're bitching. They are bitching. All right, well, Matthew, thank you for uh, carving out some time for us. We appreciate yeah, it. great information. I think uh, this is one of those topics that you know everybody's kind of curious about, but they might not know what questions to ask, or, or it's maybe a little daunting for the average person who's not really into... Uh, electrical, uh, mechanical well, I, things. I just so. think so many of us just assume what's in my truck is what came on the truck and I got to stick with that and that's kind of it. Or it's, it's really enough. they have any other options. Or it's enough. They didn't know that it's they enough, got the right? base model that didn't get the alternator upgrade. So when they start doing all their accessories, whether it's a fridge and lights and all the things that you do for overlanding or for the job site with uh, winches and things like that, they don't realize that there's that the alternator it could be the weak link in that in that chain. So right. I think this is a, yeah, the, a great topic. Yeah, but the thing, the thing of it is, is it's you know buying an alternator is not as fun as shiny new bead locks or a you know or or a lock, you know ARB locker. Or whatever, yeah, but you, know, you guys, that's no, not no, true. no, no, that's they, not true. You dude. got that elite series. That's all billets. So if people are like pop the hood, it, yeah, it's better than like a, a guy who you know put in something invisible. You know, like uh, I don't know yeah. br- brakes behind shafts. the yeah axle shafts <laughs> or regeared. At least this thing. Looks cool, and and the standard cases you can get them powder coated in all sorts of colors from you guys. So I I, I think it's uh, I think it is engine candy. Don't ten for it. and like I said, people people figure it out anyways. They buy all the accessories, they put it all on there. Whether they buy the alternator ahead of time or after, the, you know, once they turn on all their stuff and it doesn't work anymore, then they end up ordering it either way. <laughs> so. Well, listen, if your truck is out there and you're having alternator issues, don't go back to the auto parts store on the corner. Don't go back to the dealer. Get yourself a better alternator, one that's made right here in the United States. Head over to Meckman.com. Give our friend uh, Matthew a call, and he will hook your truck up and get you something way better than the piece of crap that just broke off and uh, needs to be thrown in the uh, the junk pile. And, Matthew, you've got a staff there to answer questions, right? Old school on the phone? Yep, absolutely. And we got three techs uh, full-time. Perfect. All, All right. right, man. Thank you. Thank All you, right. Matthew. And just have a great day, and thanks again for the opportunity to yeah. run my yapper. No, no we, we, awesome. we love you. Come love back it. anytime. And uh, congrats on the success, my friend. Thank you so much. You guys Got take it. care. All right. You Thanks. too. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. Not as captivating as High Speed Pursuit. Our Trek news is worth listening to, though. Uh, I'm still watching the What's Pursuit. New Stop in it. Trucks. It's we still going. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? I'm still watching this thing. I know. I'm I was, still watching I wasn't going to do it because uh, I knew you were going to screw it up and do something. No, the police, police sirens. Related. Listen, uh, we, no. should do, we should do uh, Pursuit News. because no. How many shows have we done in the last two months where a pursuit happened while we were recording? Uh, Five? Yes, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But it's just not relatable because they're not seeing it. I know, but they're, they're not. They're, I know, not they're not in the moment like I we are. I just enjoy watching pursuits. I know you do. Just let's get There are the... very few things in life I enjoy more than a uh, pursuit. I get it. Truck news, please. Uh, Dr. Pepper. Uh, drawing truck wieners, news, please, and uh, barbecue. Truck news, please. We do you got, think we, we've taken so many detours on this episode? <laughs> That's what we do. God, if people you're still have missed with this, us, if people you are still have missed this, listen right now. I'm, if you would stop so arguing, thankful. I could just tell you. I could just tell you things. Jeez. Do you think if we asked our listeners to email us 
with the top three things that come to mind about each of us. Yeah. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Do you think, I think mine would be Dr. Pepper drawing wieners and barbecue. I agree. Right? And mine would be headlights. <laughs> Yours would be headlights, rants. Yeah, rants. And, and uh, accidentally uh, being offensive. <laughs> Probably. All right. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. You can think of uh, what three things come to mind when you think of lightning and holding yeah. All right. Hey, lightning, did you hear? No. Nope. Uh, yeah, me either, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. Please do. The 2024 Toyota Tacoma is uh, allegedly going to have a turbo and hybrid four-cylinder, which uh, is like no surprise to anybody, but it's still news. Okay. It's funny. Uh, on uh, on this uh, article, it says, a insider source has told the publication, I think it's a Fastlane Truck uh, YouTube channel, that the next Tacoma will arrive with two-engine choice. It's like, I can make that up and still be 100% right. Like there's okay, I got it. Why? How, really? Like, is there anybody who's listening to this deal going, "Wow, that really surprising that the uh, Tacoma would have a hybrid or a four cylinder turbo." Anybody? Like, is that surprising? I think there's is that a, even news? No, there is one guy in Wisconsin that's surprised. Oh, he's eating cheese curds. That's why yeah. he went. <laughs> he went in to go turn the smoker, and he just missed that uh-huh. that part. They go on to say this is the more interesting thing is. This is a similar powertrain to other Toyota products. So a similar configuration like the Lexus RX is 366 horsepower and 406 pound-feet of torque. That's Which, healthy. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's good. And then in the new Crown, it's 340 and 400. So that gives you an idea. I think that's more valuable than saying, oh, it's got a four-cylinder turbo, is actually knowing what that is. So if you do a non-hybrid 2.4-liter turbocharged four-cylinder, so Toyota has that in the uh, Highlander, that's 265.309, which sounds okay, but those General Motors, four, have, so it's yeah. got to be more, right? You got to have the turbos. So it'll be interesting to see if the TRD Pro is the top trim or where that new Trail Hunter slots into the lineup. I'm definitely curious to see. I think the TRD they, Pro they're going to keep at the top. It should be, but this Trail Hunter thing is kind of a a, a new thing they're trying out trim-wise. So I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. I think that'll be an upper mid. All right. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. Mm-mm. The Ford F-150 Lightning is the 2023 Motor Trend Truck of the Year. And, of course, uh, an EV. Also, uh, I believe, wasn't it the Rivian R1T was last year's? Yeah. So it looks like they're uh, the guys over there are really loving the EV stuff. Uh, meanwhile. This is who, again, voted this? This, uh, is... this is Motor Trend. Oh, uh, well, yeah, good choice, Motor Trend. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's fine. The I'll tell you, uh, Four Wheeler is announcing theirs and uh, mm-hmm. obviously focus on the off-road aspects. The uh, 2023 Chevrolet Silverado ZR2 is the winner there, which I like that truck a lot. I think I told you guys when I went and drove that on the media drive that it was uh, re- the Multimatics were really good. It's really tossable in the 6.2 liter uh, V8. That's, that's hard to beat. I think for truck enthusiasts, it's the way to go. Uh, we've talked about Lightning extensively on the show, the one from Ford, not, mm-hmm. not you. Not me. And uh, there's a lot of things to like about that truck. Is it truck of the year? In my mind, I think it's a really amazing first swing. It's definitely the hype beast for sure. I think so. There's a lot. There's a lot. I've seen them all over. I'm starting to see them on the roads. And uh, isn't there one right in the parking lot, like 150 oh, feet well, from the window? Yeah, but that's uh, Motor Trend. There's you know, there's always stuff in the parking lot. Right. Okay. Will you miss seeing all the new vehicles? A little bit. Because you walk around after every show and try to pull the door handles on C8s and Audi <laughs> SQ, the, the Porsche sevens, nice, and yeah. All the Porsche, basically the Mercedes, anything that's out there that is German, you try to break into. I don't care if it's German or not. 
I try to break in anything that's out there. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's done. <gasps> I've never thought to bring a Slim Jim. No. You know, I have one. No, yeah. That's, That'd be wild. Let's see what what vehicles I can get into. That'd be cool. I don't think so. Why not? I don't think we so. We just say we work here. We're just, we're-, we're <laughs> No, we should- Lightning's you know testing to see if you can I, get in. I used to be a pretty good Slim Jimmer. Uh, not better than me, man. I don't know. I, I could get in on a cord faster than you could use your keys. I know because my buddy timed me. He, I said, you have to put your key, pull your keys you out of remember, your pocket. I also I'm a Slim Jim. You got to remember, I also had an Accord, so yeah. I knew how to get into Accords. Also, and they weren't that hard. Volvo's and things like that with shielded door locks. Yeah, those are harder. They're, they're, yeah. But the other key is like the ones that had the the glass. We didn't even need the Slim Jim. All you need was a coat hanger to pop the glass back to hit the lock button. Right. Uh, anyway, we could have a, a truck off. I think uh, we, uh, an unlocking truck off. I think modern cars and trucks are, are harder, a lot harder to get into. A lot harder for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. Mm-mm. Nope. Oof. Uh, GM has made an announcement that they have a massive plan for uh, EV chargers in rural communities. So, uh, GM partnered with a company called Flow, and they want to build up to 40,000 new charging stations within the uh, community at sites chosen by dealers. Do you think this is um, in response to all the people on social media and videos that are saying- Yes. Okay. 100%. All the naysayers that are yes. saying, what are you going to do about rural America right. where they, they yes. barely have a gas station every 30 miles? You oh, know? And, yeah, this is 100%. Obviously, there's been plenty of discussion about uh, infrastructure limitations and and the adoption of EVs outside of urban centers and outside of you know New York and California and Oregon and, and places like that. Uh, people want to know how they're going to recharge, all that good stuff. Every manufacturer seems to be coming out with press releases with new plans. This one is 40,000 uh, across uh, the U.S. and Canada, specifically for the rural areas. So General Motors is calling it the Dealer Community Charging Program. Now, is this 40,000 locations or 40,000 chargers? Because uh, there t- could be 20 uh, chargers at a location. Sure. I don't think it'll be that many, but yeah, I'm sure it's multiple chargers. The program calls for GM dealerships to install up to 10 chargers in their community. And it says right now nearly 90% of Americans live within 10 miles of a GM dealership, which is pretty amazing. What? So if you think about that, you can put chargers with nearby a GM dealership and to service. If I was a GM guy or a dealership owner, I'd just put it on my lot. That way you can come check it out. Well, then you have fewer spaces for new vehicles. Not in rural. Have you seen rural dealerships? They got oh, a big, big old dirt hmm. lot with gravel on it. Okay. Anyway, so that's that's kind of interesting. It's it goes to show the uh, dealer what they call dealership density, and that's one of the reasons why manufacturers such as GM have such big numbers in rural America because you're way closer to to a dealership. So it says right now nearly one thousand GM dealerships have enrolled in the program. I I'm curious about the um, the boutique companies that will maybe not even boutiques that are going to pop up and try to show you ads on some type of LCD display happening. as you're charging. It already happens. Where where is that happening? Like exactly how you described it really? on the LCD display. It happens at the gas station. It happens at your EV no, no, charger. No, no. State. Yeah, well, yeah, EV charger. So like when Same you're thing. sitting in your car, yeah, you're, and, and you're, you're waiting. You're staring at it. Oh, really? Yeah, there's ads right now. Oh. Uh, continuing on lighting, the program allows the chargers to be installed at various locations in the dealer's local community. So parks, city buildings, shopping centers. Each dealer can install up to ten chargers as part of the deal. So they're saying the chargers themselves are rated at 19.2 kilowatts. They're level two, uh, which are the quickest of the level twos, but they're not the fastest chargers out there. But they'll be open to all uh, electric vehicles, not just GM products. 
And uh, they're the first fruits of this program are starting to pop up in uh, places like Michigan and Wisconsin. So um, the program starting with Chevy dealers because they have the Chevy Bolt uh, EV and EUV. But as you know, Cadillac's Lyric, the Hummer EV, Silverado, Sierra EV pickups, Buick, all of those are, are coming. So Where's all it, this it electricity sense. coming from? Hmm. I know. Coal fire plants? <clears throat> uh, it's all coming from no, wind, uh, unicorn farts. Wind, wind, wind and solar, right. Right. Mm-hmm. When it's windy and sunny outside or during f- the day. Or fusion has just announced that's oh, coming yeah, in the, 30 years. Yeah, that's, uh, mm-hmm. That was a big, uh, a big announcement. The first time they had a fusion reactor uh, make more power than it took to smash the atoms, which is a pretty, pretty big deal. Oh, that was actually pretty cool. It was. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? Nine, 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 nine. Nope. Uh, nine, as he Rumors say. keep persisting that the Land Cruiser will likely return to the U.S. We've talked about how the uh, the Toyota version of that platform is no longer here. It's the Lexus because they built so few and sold so, but I thought so few the, of them. I thought the Toyota was pausing and said they would come back with them later. Well, that's what it sounds like. So it's according to this report on Motor Trend, in an interview following uh, the news of the 24 uh, Toyota Grand Highlander, which is their new three-row SUV, Jack Hollis, who's the executive vice president of sales for uh, Toyota Motor North America, he said, uh, to the question, if a stored nameplate like the Land Cruiser would ever return, and his, his quote was, will we ever? I would say likely yes. I'm thinking that that's a, uh, I drove the Lexus version uh, at uh, SUV of the year, and it was phenomenal. A phenomenal vehicle. What did you like most about it? I, I love the size. It's full size, but it feels smaller inside and slightly smaller than like a, a Tahoe. The way the seats grip you, the way the dash layout, it feels very sporty. The chassis, the handling, and it was amazingly competent off-road. Although the Lexus, I'm sure it was super noisy inside. Oh, so quiet. And the, uh, the Lexus version does not have rear locker like the Land Cruiser does. And so one of the reasons it didn't win of the year was because it had the Lexus fascia, it had 22-inch wheels and no rear locker. A Toyota uh, version would have had a front fascia with more clearance, 18 or 20-inch wheels with more sidewall, and a rear locker. And the whole time I was driving the Lexus on road, I was like, this thing's phenomenal. What a great road trip machine. But then every time I was off road, it felt like it was not fragile is not the word because it didn't feel like anything was wrong with it. It just felt you del- didn't feel it like you delicate. Were delicate. You didn't want to beat on it. I didn't want to hurt it. I didn't want to pop a, a tire. I didn't want to scratch a fascia on it. And the whole time I was thinking, man, I bet the Land Cruiser version of this is, would be amazing. So so is that Lexus version, is that designed for someone who's just going slightly off a dirt road on the way to the ski resort? No, it's it's a full Land Cruiser underneath. It's just the the choices they made no, for I, styling. I, I get it. The, the styling has made it kind of that bougie car a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, the, I think the Lexus version has always been the bougie version of it. It's just sad that the off-road capability. So, like, when they first came out, when you can get a Series 80. Is that like taking a TRX and putting it on 24s? Uh, yes. When the 80 Series came out back in the 90s, you could get the Lexus version in the U.S., but it kept the same you know approach and departure angle and all that stuff. It was just nicer leather on the inside, clear coat paint, um, nicer materials, a little bit more sound deadening, quiet. This has basically made the Land Cruiser and the new Lexus kind of, uh, like, almost too far apart from each other, in my opinion. Mm. And uh, while it's a beautiful car on-road, I wish it didn't feel so delicate off-road because I was really impressed with it, but would love to uh, drive the Toyota version. So anyway, Hollis basically said, uh, obviously Land Cruiser is such an important part of our heritage and has done such a great job, and I'll be looking at it absolutely. Have I seen designs, thoughts, and hopes? Yes, but nothing to announce. It's still a ways off, which is a shame. 
I don't think they ever should have pulled Land Cruiser from uh, the U.S. market. I think when that was would a big when mistake. did it go away? Last year. Okay. So this is you, the new the new body style. I get it. You said something last year when they pulled it mm-hmm. about five years. Yeah, the life cycle, mid cycle refresh or something would be my guess. Which sucks because uh, five years. Who knows what the drivetrain technology will be? Who knows what the law? Uh, the the vehicle now is great. I just wish we could get it here. Gotcha. Bummer. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? How about new? Nope. Uh, our friends at Ram got another bad recall. Oh, no, not again. Uh, one point Please f- tell me it's not on mine. No, yet. no, no. No. <laughs> okay. uh, one point. F- well, uh, oh, no, no. Please, dear Lord, don't. <laughs> Yeah. Don't don't. It's got to be a, it's got to be another Cummins uh, power. It's got to be a twenty five or thirty five hundred, right? In HD. I think it's all of them. Oh no. Ram recalls one point four million trucks. One point four million for tailgates that might open while driving. On what body? According to the NHTSA, Ram believes one million two hundred thirty four thousand six hundred fifty seven of the affected vehicles reside in the United States. With 120,000 in Canada, 26,000 in Mexico, and 27,000 more outside North America. And it's uh, important to note, multiple models are involved from 2019 to 2022. No. no. Ram. No. 1,500. Yeah, no. 2,500. No. And 3,500. No. no. <laughs> Apparently the issue is the trucks may have been built with one or both tailgate strikers misaligned. And the suspect period began back on May 18th of 2018 and ran until June 1st of 22. And then Ram had put an improved alignment tool um, at the factory to to fix the issue. So Mm. good news, Delantis hasn't received any reports of injuries, but a total of 736 warranty claims have been made related to the tailgate. Uh, All repairs, of course, will be free of charge. Just head on down to your local uh, Ram dealer. And if you're one of those people who went... Did I just have a load back there? No, I don't. <laughs> hey, why is my tailgate down? I didn't leave it down. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that might not have been you. That's all I'm saying. So if uh, if well, I've got your a, wife's mad at you because you lost her nice Louis Vuitton luggage on the freeway. Well, you shouldn't be putting it back there anyway. If you got a nice Louis, it's going to get stolen. I, well, I'm just saying that if uh, if your tailgate popped open without you and you took the blame, yeah, this is the truck show podcast to the rescue. We're telling you that you you've got an alibi. So so. Take that back to the missus and and tell her right See, now. You know the you know the uh, the hot ticket. Stand is, up for yourself. I've people. got the uh, amp research bed extender right, uh-huh. and w- you can put the tailgate down and sure. it folds up and over, and so you can put uh, cargo all the way to the lip of the extended tailgate. Right. Right. But when the tailgate is up, you fold the bed extender in, forward, it swivels yeah. in forward. Uh-huh. And so- Did you just describe to our entire audience how a bed extender works? Some of them may not know. Okay. Okay. But what I'm saying is, if I put a ton of stuff in my bed with the bed extender in there, and my tailgate accidentally comes down, I'm only going to lose half of what's in there. Right. Or you could just put stuff at the front of the bed and not worry about it. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I do. Well- but if you put everything in front of the bed extender, regardless of its position, you're still good. Not necessarily. What if I'm going down a bouncy road and it all just makes its way out with no bed extender? You have a tonneau cover on it. Not yet, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lightning, did you hear? Nope. I'd like to say rumor has it, but apparently uh, it's no longer the, rumor. It's from the EPA. Oh. They say uh, GM was the second worst automaker for fuel economy in 2021. Oh, man, can I tell... I have a juicy, juicy story to share with you off air. 
Okay. Off air? Yeah, off okay, air. Okay, all right. I can't- You can't ooh, tell me now? No, no. This one will get us sued into a No, we, I, listen. No. I can't afford for us to be sued. No, no, no. I'm not going <laughs> to say it on the air. If I said it on the air, uh, listen, this our, would be our last episode. Our closet full of lawyers is yeah. going away. <laughs> no, I get it. This would be bad news bears if I told you uh, on the air. <clears throat> per just, the, so, just remind me afterwards because you'll enjoy right. it. All right. Per the recent uh, EPA report, GM's average estimated real world fuel economy for the 21 calendar year was recorded at 21.6, which by the way- Sounds freaking amazing to me. I love it. I mean, I want to buy whatever that was on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, placing it above Stellantis, which recorded 21.3, and below Ford, which recorded 22.9. Whatever. Whatever. Dude, I am <laughs> I am so stoked when I get Dude. like 12.3. Dude, I'm so I'm stoked. 12.1 all day. Mine's at 10.1 right now. Oh, I had to, that's I, awful. I, I had to idle it to go do something. I walked around. I'm like, oh, I'll just let it idle. And I came back and it like went down like a 16th of a tank. I right. Like, I mean, it's. I remember when I had a Grand Cherokee that had the 5.7 and swear this happened. This was like the first generation. I had a Hemi. It had won, uh, I think, four-wheeler of the year. It was a tester. And I took home a different car. And David Freiberger called me or texted me, and he's like, hey, do you know whose green Jeep Grand Cherokee Hemi is running in the parking lot? And I'm like, "Uh, the keys are in my pocket. I don't know. So somehow it started itself. What? And was running for eight hours. Was that recalled? And and I'm like, (laughs) I don't, I can't get up there. I live in Orange County. I have to come after traffic. I came like eight hours later. It was still, it was still idling, and it had only gone down like an eighth of a tank or something like that. I was like, wow, that's amazing. No, nope, not so much with 392. Nope, that sucker. Wow. You can probably watch it idle its uh, dino, dead dinos away, but you know what? It doesn't matter because every time I turn it on- It's great. So I, I had friends come by. We were walking with their one-year-old, and uh, I had to pull it in the garage, and I fired it up, and they are like, oh, and their kid just stared at the red Jeep. That sounded amazing. Who do you think the top-ranked uh, automaker was in 2021? The top-ranked automaker of all in, the brands. In fuel economy. Oh, in fuel economy. Ooh, this is going to be an interesting one. Does this take into account EVs? Because does that slide you over? I don't know. Just no? That, this, it's the EPA. It's fuel economy. It's not EV economy. Okay, all right. Fuel economy. I'm going to... Okay. Uh, if it's U.S. based, uh, okay. U- U.S. Oh, Nissan. Uh, close. It was Subaru with twenty eight point eight, followed by Kia with twenty eight point seven, and Nissan with twenty eight point six. The industry average was twenty five point four. I wonder what that's like. I uh, I mean, if I had twenty five point four miles per gallon, you jump for joy. I could go. Let Let me just figure this out right now. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's see what my range would. Since that is approximately 11 miles per gallon more than I get now, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. I go 550 miles in my 392. <laughs> would be amazing. <laughs> but this is one of the reasons why I put up with that poor fuel economy. Uh, why would you call it poor fuel economy? I would call it the cost of doing business. Unfortunately, I was in the cab when it started, so you didn't get the crackle. No, oh, yeah. The crackles but this, the this attack exhaust just crackles, and it's amazing. It's just, just a work of art. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? What? No. No, I don't think so. Uh, the uh, next generation Ford Ranger is starting to be uh, seen in spy photos. Mm. So that should mean- I'm interested. Uh, I'm guessing it's about a year behind the Colorado and Canyon since the, those just emerged, and probably right on uh, time with the Tacoma. 
So there's going to be a big, you know, the midsize truck market is going to be freaking battling it out for a while. It's going to be pretty awesome. Anyway, the uh, truck looks pretty much like the international truck with maybe uh, some difference to the front fascia, which I think the international truck front fascia is a little fussy. So Fussy? Yeah, just the design is fussy. It's it's not not bad, but it's not great. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what the American truck looks like. I'm I'm excited about it ish. If it makes sense, I like the Ranger. I think this one I have owned a bunch of them. So this it, current it, one it, though, is it Maverick never... or Ranger? What are you doing, Maverick or Ranger? Oh, for me, it depends. Is it? No, your... It doesn't depend. You yeah, no, no, choose it, one. No, it depends. If it's my runabout around town mm-hmm. and I'm not taking it anywhere That's other than Maverick. that, it's Maverick all day long. Okay. If it's my primary vehicle that I have to go adventuring in and all that, it's Ranger. What if you have to do both? A Ranger. Okay. But the next generation, because this one's just kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like it, but I hate the interior on it. It just feels like the that era from the Focus and the Fiesta. It just feels like a car. The front seats are overstuffed. Mm-hmm. It's got older Ford tech in it. When you get the soft. brochure to that to the current Ranger, mm-hmm. does the front page just say M-E-H? Uh, no, it's actually in black and white. It's so old. <laughs> hey, Lightning, did you hear? No, I don't think so. Uh, finally, finally, Lightning, finally. Finally, something's happening to me. The Performance Front Brake Kit, or RPO code 5JL, is now offered as an LPO or dealer-installed option on the Silverado. What does that mean? It means that for the first time since 2019, you can get yourself a set of Brembos on your Silverado. Really? A red Brembo six-piston front brake calipers with the Chevrolet logo. Larger than factory stock front pads and rotors. I don't want the Chevy. I want the Brembo logo. I think there's probably the Brembo logo on really? there as well. The little sure. curvy B that looks like the Beats headphones logo. You also get uh, red rear calipers. So uh, it's all matchy-matchy, which is what you like. Um, so that's cool. I just thought that was one of those things where you're like, why did they ever pull it away? Like, I think that's awesome. You should always be able to get bigger brakes. Yeah, you always. should. And speaking of bigger brakes, I have a date with Willwood in the next couple of weeks. I'm uh, hopefully over the Christmas break. Oh, you have to talk to Mike about our plans. And yes, I will. How that's different now. Hey, uh, Lightning, did you hear? No, Mike. No, uh-uh, I don't think so. Mm-mm, no. No, no, tell me, please. Uh, apparently a YouTube video from Chillin' with Chet uh, tested the F-150 Lightning's real-world towing range, but then also he jumped it. And then he found out that electric vehicles are freaking heavy, and if you buy one, you might not want to jump it. Did it bend or lawn dart? What did it do? I no, I mean it's it's it did just okay. didn't get airborne. I, no, it got airborne. It's just uh, probably under shocked for jumping. It's okay. not a Raptor. It's not a TRX. You know, he said it towed really well, which uh, which I agree with. But uh, you know, obviously range is compromised. But if you want to jump it, maybe don't. What I'm Speaking saying? of jumping, did you see Travis Pastrana's latest uh, film with Hoonigan? Uh, is that the one where he uh, the one down the, in Florida, the skateboard material on the bottom of the car, and yes. then did it like did a skateboard grind in a car down a bridge, like center divider or something? Yes, and then like jumped over, and then if he would have fell short, he would have been dead ski. Yes, yes, that was pretty amazing. That one, <laughs> that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more uh, F one fifty story. Uh, apparently, the U S Forest Service is now testing F one fifty Lightnings. Uh, so the service's eastern region is going to evaluate the EV truck for a year to determine how to transition to a zero emissions fleet. I wish they would freaking stop saying zero emissions. They could be low emissions. They can be, um, 
How else would we say it? They could be um, no 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 tailpipe dis- displaced emissions. No, it's, it should be no tailpipe. No tailpipe emissions. emissions. Yeah. yeah, I just that's anyway. As if it took no raw materials that, to make right. the car. Well, or as if there's not a coal plant or something pumping juice into them. Depending on where you are, uh, the U.S. is obviously littered with national parks, and uh, so the U.S. Forest Service is embarking on a pilot program with three brand new F one hundred and fifty Lightning electric pickup trucks answering an executive order from Biden to push government fleets into zero emissions vehicles. By the looks of it, it would appear that they did either an XLT or the uh, the Pro model. And it uh, looks like they're uh, crew cab 4x4s with the 230 mile of range uh, battery. So anyway, you uh, if you're out there, you're going to start seeing uh, some more electric vehicles. Currently, the Forest Service employs a fleet of 18,250 vehicles. Damn. Uh, 24. Are they all green? No, only 24 are uh, some sort of a hybrid, and in the eastern region with the three battery electric lightnings uh, were- Out of, out of, whoa, 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 out of thousands, there's only 24 that are hybrid. 18,250. Whoa. And then the eastern region where this three battery electric lightning test will be, uh, they'll be joining 1,489 vehicles, 13 of which are hybrid, and seven are compressed natural gas. The fleet currently uh, supported by 32 charging ports total, including one solar-powered station. And that includes like little like uh, Cushman kind of golf cart easy goes, things like that. But I, I'm surprised that they don't have more compressed natural gas and other and more uh, hybrids. It just seems like, you know, but I guess many other vehicles are probably 4x4 trucks and, and whatnot. So I just thought that was interesting. And uh, one last story, Lightning, did you hear? No. No, I did not. Apparently, uh, Ford is planning on taking the Bronco to Europe and uh, that they are going to kill the Fiesta and the Focus, that they want to be seen as a more American brand, more SUVs, and less trying to be a European car company. Now, they're taking the full-size Bronco or the Bronco Sport? The full-size Bronco. Really? I don't think the roads are wide enough in many places in Europe. No, there's no, they're not. It depends. There's people driving Raptors in the UK and gray market cars and... There's a lot of TRXs over there. There's, if there's a will, there's a way. You know where you can drive and where you can't. Okay. Obviously, you're not going to go through like a little Italian village or something like that. But I think, uh, you know, there's land cruisers and stuff over there. So Okay, fair enough. Um, it seems like, uh, you know, if that, if Focus and Fiesta are gone, does that mean cars for Ford are gone for good other than Mustang? It sounds like it. Um, I wonder if this is more of a marketing spin on their plan to get rid of cars. More than it is, instead mm. of saying, we're transitioning from cars to SUVs, they're saying, oh, we're bringing the Bronco. Also, we're killing this other stuff that we don't care about anymore. I mean, it's, it could be either way. Look right? over here. Look over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, right? Uh, anyway, it doesn't say if uh, it's clear, the article from Automotive News Europe, uh, whether that includes the small Bronco uh, Sport, um, but it sounds like they want to bring in high-margin vehicles, uh, and then they're also going to be making the transition to all-electric by 2030. And then uh, all the small car and hatchback buyers will be pushed into small SUVs. So. I wonder what Europeans think of the Bronco. Do they look at it and go, this we, is gluttonous and we don't By the it? way, we have a couple Europeans. There's a guy who owns uh, Buzz Specialty Vehicles in the UK who does Wrangler conversions. He's an AEV dealer who listens to the show. There's a couple other people who own shops who have emailed us before. So, hey, if you are in Europe and you're one of our European listeners, we'd love to hear. What do you think about, you know, Broncos and things like that going over More to- More of uh, these full-size yeah. SUVs and trucks coming over, yeah. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. 
All right, so you wanted to talk about Easter eggs for some reason. And I we, do. We feel I feel like we talk about them all the time, but what I just what pushed you like, over the edge right now? I, I think the uh, I, I saw an article about one of the uh, Easter eggs in the new Hummer EV that I wasn't aware of. I thought I, I love Easter eggs, like I love, love, love it. I go to Disneyland with friends that are there. Are, there's clubs of people. You mean the hidden Mickey's? The hidden Mickey's. What about the one where you look at Walt from the side? You aware of that one? No. I don't think the so. The Walt statue? Uh, I don't know, but there are hidden <laughs> Mickeys. What is that? What, is that a hidden Mickey? I was just going to leave that alone. I'll tell, remember how you said he had news off the air? Yeah. I'll explain it to you off the air. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you know the one where he's holding Mickey's hand? Yes. Right in the center before the castle? Yes, yeah. Just have to look at it from the side, my friend. Lightning, play some hold music here while Holman tells me off air. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, that's that's I did not know that. That's a good one. Interesting. All right. I was always Back. looking for Mickey's. Easter so anyway, uh, so the Easter egg and the Hummer EV. Um, one of the writers in one By of the magazines way, found that. Uh, did you find all the hidden dickies in your uh, office that I left for you last time? Uh, yeah, that was pretty easy. Oh, okay. I mean, you didn't go like under the desks or anything. like that. I went that. over the desk, but that, yeah, yeah, I anyway. got it. That's we we've yeah I've been down and I've found them all. I'm fairly certain anyway. Ah. So in the new Hummer EV, buried deep in one of the menus, there it is. The Hummer EV driving over, wait, it's not a mountain. That's a Tesla Cybertruck. And labeled right under it, it says VPRWR, which if you read it, it's phonetically vaporware. Hmm. I mean, that's funny. It is funny. I mean, it's fun when the manufacturer, you know, obviously when you pull the engine cover off the TRX, it's eating a Raptor, mm-hmm. which is, you know, t- a T-Rex. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Funny. Yeah, that is cool. And then on yours, it's like, uh, shows the scale of a man and I think the truck and then a TRX, they just show like where it fits in and size wise. So, I mean, FCA or Stellantis has always been the best, but there's other manufacturers too. Well, and, I mean, uh, like on the, the Jeep Grand Cherokee, right? Aren't there a couple there? Yeah. So my wife's new uh, Grand Cherokee 4xE, there's a few little, like, there's the little Jeep crawling in the corner of the dot matrix in the one window. The other side is all the line drawings of every generation of Grand Cherokee in the back window, which is cool. The um, well, the, and that is like in the dot matrix of the yeah of the, win- uh, of of the, the glass win- the glass. So you and have then to look at the it. Same closely. thing is there's you know I think it's the Compass has Nessie on the back, Loch Ness monster, and the Renegade has uh, Sasquatch looking over its shoulder. And then like the Renegade had a spider for a while that said Chow Baby. Uh, it was in the gas door. Those were uh, made in Italy, so they thought it would be funny. The designers, but I heard maybe somebody wasn't happy and it got taken off. And in the with the the Ram, I think the 2019 and newer Ram 1500s in the center console. That if you put one of the flaps down and you take the insert out, you can see the evolution. Yeah, of the all Ram the generation truck. line drawings of all the Ram trucks. Um, the Rivian that we drove cross country last year uh, had a developer screen that had like a Homer Simpson little cartoon that would pop up that didn't make it to production. I want to say the Renegade had also like around the keyhole or where the key would go. It's like to new adventures where the start button is. Like just fun stuff. One of the, there's, you know, various topo maps. One is of Moab. And then, you know, my 392 has a bunch also. What about the, uh, going back to the Hummer, in the speaker grills on the doors, they have the moon landing. Yep. Right. We've talked about that before. Uh, And there's one last one, uh, the 392. I have the XR package, which is Extreme Recon, which is the 35. So part of the uh, Extreme Recon packages, there's little, uh, like trim filler panels that push the tail lights out from the body. 
Okay. So like that's the spacers? Bli- yeah. So like the blind spot monitoring can clear the tires and see everything. And there's two little dogs on there with uh, thought bubbles. And on the left side, it's Louie. And on the right side, it's Ralph. Louie, left turn, or Yui, hang a Louie. And on the right side, Ralph for right. Well, the head of design for Stellantis is Ralph Gilles. And Mark Allen at Jeep, I, uh, It's he's Mr. Easter Egg. He put Ralph for the dog for right turn. And apparently... Ralph Gilles, at the time that I found that he showed me, didn't know that his name was oh, on, really? on the Wranglers. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's all sorts of little funny things that they do that make, you know, the designers sneak stuff into production. It's, you got to love it. Like, it just shows that people care. It's those little details that are fun. And it's fun to show your friends, like, dude, look, I have two little dogs in the back of my, you know, taillights. We've hidden some stuff in some banks parts that probably no one will ever find. Like, it's you, you'd have to physically break the module apart mm-hmm. and then look on the inside of the. The, the plastic housing or the well, casting. Well, uh, Steve Jobs, I can't remember which computer from Apple, but he had the whole team uh, sign the inside of the case, and then that was part of the production mold. So unless you took the computer apart, you never know that all these people had their signatures inside oh, the Oh, that's cool. Like, so all sorts of cool if stuff. you guys know of an Easter egg that we need to know about, hit us with an email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, or on the five-star hotline, leave us a message, 657-205-6105. That's 657-205-6105. And I think now, are we doing some email, Holman? Yeah, might as well uh, get through some email before we end the show. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. All right, well, I was going to start one. Why are you eating on the air? I thought I could get through this gummy bear in the intro, but I'm not able to. Hold on. Oh, sorry. These are really good gummy bears. Where'd you get these? From the vending machine. Why'd you just eat one? Because you're talking while you're eating But now I'm done, and what if... uh, No, it's time. Just do the thing. All right. uh, Kelly writes to truckshowpodcast.gmail.com. Subject line is podcast list. We had asked a couple shows back, what else do you listen to other than the Truck Show Podcast? We're not so egomaniacal that to, as to believe that we're the only podcast you listen to. So. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I don't want you if you listen to other podcasts. Uh, so Kelly listens true. to a Banksy and Hall Racer. Is uh, he making that, something up? That's us. That's Banksy and... Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah I got it, Banksy. You, I'm Banksy. I'm bored. You're, you're right. the Hall Racer guy. Got it. Good, okay. good job, Lightning. I was thinking that it's really is Banksy as in right. like the artist. Right, Banksy. yeah. That's, yeah, he, he got gotcha. you. Yeah. So Kelly goes on to say, here's what I've been listening to. So Banks, a speed school, past gas, although I greatly disagree with their political views. I think that's the past gas is uh, the donut one, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, oil and whiskey uh, by the Roadster Shop guys. And I, I love that one. I think we're at some point we'll be, a, a, we'll be guests on their show. Uh, Dorkomotive. Will we be drinking whiskey? I sure hope so. We're going to have to go to your house because I don't have any whiskey. Uh, I've got it. I probably have, if I had to guess. Five to seven thousand dollars worth of bottles of whiskey at my house right now. Oh my god! I, people keep giving me bottles. I That's can't great. drink it that fast. And when it's the only time I think when I when I'm given bottles of whiskey, I have to give it away. I'm like I can't appreciate this. Yeah, just give it to me. Oh. I'll drink well, it. then you'll have like eight grand worth of whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he says uh, better Dork, better to give to somebody who's going to use it. Dorkomotive with Brian Loans, uh-huh. the like podcast Brian that he Loans, found yeah. out about after he was a guest on our show. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see here. Hopefully, he'll do some more work after the NHRA season. Um, 
history this week and sports history this week. Yes, I'm a nerd. Also, huge thanks to the listener who told us about Bad Bets podcast. Uh, That's a Wall Street Journal podcast that's really good. I, like many, bought into what Trevor Milton sold on your show. After hearing the podcast, though, it was very enlightening to find out who Trevor really was and what was really going on behind closed doors. Uh, Sean, Oklahoma has slowly forgiven you for your slights (laughs) against the state on your Route 66 trip. Uh, Keep up the great work and five stars from Kelly. And he also says, Mounter, those parameters. P.S. I sent a picture of my cab over engine Ford rollback with a Cobra on it last summer. Here's another classic rollback that I seen, said just for you, Lightning, this summer and another Ford COE with a 48 F1 on it. So uh, that is pretty sick. Look at that home in there. I love it. Love COEs, man. Those things are so cool. And by request, five stars. Five star review. Five stars. And some mounted parameters. monitor key engine parameters. All right. Got one from our buddy Tim Allen. We haven't heard from him for uh, for a long time. And this is a, a bit of a long one, but we'll uh, get through it. I don't know. How are these lime green ones? Ooh, it's pretty good. I don't even know what flavor they are. Mm. I ate all the red ones. So. Lime. Uh, Lighting and Holman, thank you both for sharing all the tech tips and entertaining episodes. I know it's been quite a while, and happy Thanksgiving, uh, which he sent to us right around Thanksgiving time, but we're not that late. I wanted to say thanks again to Sean Holman for the guidance on suspension advice. My Bilstein, not Bilstein, 6112 and 5160s pair on my 2020 F-150 have really made an incredible difference. Along with the adjusted ride height, had to incline my seat and adjust my headlights after the install. The truck rides so much better, more confident, predictable. This being my third F-150 with an unmodified suspension, all lease trucks, I cannot believe what I've been missing. I now know why I miss driving my old Ranger so much and why the F-150s felt like unresponsive sleds in comparison. I wasn't anticipating any more changes, but I felt I needed a little more tire than with my 18-inch wheels were allowing, so I just recently made another change. More on that in a minute. Thank you, Jay Lightning. Uh, you know that's not his last name. No. Nope. middle name. It's not. It's your middle name. <laughs> no, it's neither. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jay Lighting. Since the bank's monster exhaust install in my 2020 F-150, I've only driven short trips in my truck, mostly local, low-speed roads. Haven't been on the highway for any distance yet, but response is great. Torque is instantaneous, and I love the new sound. It really brings out some nice lower tones on the Turbo 6. Putting it on was very easy. The equipment was packaged exceptionally well, and it looks great, too. How about that patented tip? I really had a nice and expensive stainless split duel on my old 4-liter 2002 Ranger way back when I had it. And dare I say the sounds and good notes are very comparable considering the very different powertrains. My opinion is that one certainly can't beat the value of the bank's monster exhaust while comparing the pricing with the other premium exhaust companies out there. And thanks to the forthright interviews and technical explanations pertaining to why Gale works so hard to make and sell parts and components, Binks is one of the names I trust the most when it comes to quality, sound, and performance. Man, he is just hitting all the, all the stops. I love it. And by the way, this is our actual listener, Tim Allen. He says, uh, also enjoying my new Raptor takeoff wheels and tires. What a difference in ride. The truck is now a proper truck. Just bumped up the Banks Pedal Monster to compensate a little. Uh, the EcoBoost has so much torque. Heavy tire doesn't really hurt it at all. It's an entirely new truck now. The one that I find so much enjoyment to drive. Thanks again, Sean and Jay. Be well, and we'll have words again soon. Your old friend and number one fan, Tim Allen from Point Pleasant Beach, New Jersey. And he says, uh, P.S., I think I probably owe you guys a full list of all the suppliers and parts that I've purchased from since hearing about them on your show. So, dude, Tim, thank you. I know uh, we go way back, and I know you're one of our very first listeners, but uh, also just want to say thank you for supporting the podcast, not only by listening and uh, all your emails, your ant farm, all the cool stuff you sent us over the years that will uh, hopefully be on display at some point. But what I uh, want to say thanks is supporting our sponsors because that's what keeps the Truck Show podcast free for you guys is having our sponsors find value in what we do and having you guys uh, buy their parts. So thank you. Thank you for that. What Holman says, lightning again. 
keep ranting, buddy. I think it's great. Many things that need to be said come out. And some things that should not. And they're funny, too. <laughs> that is all. Stephen Watson. <laughs> no, Stephen Watson, you can't. Uh, you're not allowed to encourage lightning. Love like it. That. Bring it. Can't do it. Uh, this is actually a really interesting uh, email from Joshua Beasley. When we had the catch can guy on, I had the most massive head cold and was like near death. And, <laughs> and oh, he could hear it. I no, 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 no. I was I, there was it, no way that I could e I, I could eq out your nasal. I said egr rather than pcv. I said I just said a bunch of stuff like I was thinking about catch cans and direct injected engines. I didn't ask the question right. I just mm-hmm. it just wasn't a great showing for me. Right. And so uh, Josh writes uh, messages catch cans. Hey guys, this is Josh. I work as a diagnostic tech for an independent auto shop, ASE certified master tech, engine performance specialist, <laughs> hybrid EV specialist, and so forth. Just wanted to clarify something for you after listening to the catch can episode. The reason catch cans are more important on direct injected engines, this is the point I was trying to make and could not arrive at. So, uh, Josh, thank you. He says, is because they are more prone to carbon deposits on the intake valves, some mush of which is caused by oil getting into the intake via the PCV system. In a port-injected engine, the air-fuel mixture flows around the intake valves on the way to the cylinder and does a decent job of keeping the valves clean. Fuel is a pretty good cleaner, after all. A direct-injected engine, on the other hand, does not get the fuel-cleaning effect on the valves since the fuel is injected directly into the combustion chamber. Over time, this can lead to some pretty gnarly deposits on the intake valve. If it gets bad enough, it can cause a loss of engine performance and even affect the ability of the valve to seal. Having a catch can will help prevent these deposits by keeping oil out of the intake. That's the point I was thinking about and could not concisely explain to any of you, and I'm so happy that Josh wrote in uh, as an ASC master tech because uh, this was what I was hoping to convey and failed miserably at. He says, uh, I wish I had a picture of some of the uh, early direct injected GM 3.6 engines to send you. It can get to the point where the intake valve looks like a dark coral reef. Thanks again for putting the podcast out. Love it. Five stars and Emmy, yeah, buddy. Five star review! Five stars! Yeah, buddy! So again, that was uh, Josh Beasley. And I just want to say, you guys have way more experience in the area. Like, we just talk out of our butt. Like, we know a little bit about everything. But not everything about very, everything. Very, very little about a little. <laughs> about most, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> wh- wh- what, what's his name again? Josh? Josh Beasley. Hey, Josh, this is for you. T-H-A-K-Y-O-U. Thank you. Thank you. All right, this one is, oh, what? You got something? No, no, I was just going to say, I wanted to encourage our listeners, if, if we say something stupid or wrong, we'll read it on the air. We'll eat crow. Like, correct us. We want to make, at the end of the day... We want to make sure you guys have the best information possible, and if that's our listeners sharing with us stuff that you know is either correcting us or better information than what we delivered, please, by all means, send it our way. We're, we're all for it. They don't have the time to correct half of what I say. I mean, 50% <laughs> of so that. Okay, all right, let me fix this. I'll correct lightning. You guys correct me. <laughs> all right, there you go. They're going to keep you in check? Yep. Uh, unaware drivers from uh, William here. Good evening, gents. I love the show, but there's How one. Dare you. There's one thing I especially enjoy. It's Lightning's passionate rants about DRLs. I'm a trucker in Western Canada, and it's always bothered me the amount of people that are unaware of their surroundings while driving. For example, the DRL issue is not being aware of their signal lights when they're still flashing after a lane change. That's if they even use them at all. 
I have a big shiny Peterbilt and I pull a cattle liner and it has a half a million chicken lights on each side of the trailer. But even if I flash them off and on while I'm passing them, they don't even seem to notice. They're so focused on the road in front of them. I love watching drivers in the cars around me and I don't believe they're distracted. I think it's that they don't have any situational awareness, which is what they teach soldiers and police officers, right? Um, I feel this is more dangerous than the drivers that are on their cell phones, but super aware of their surroundings because they don't want to be caught being on their cell phones. So my wife is always surprised I can spot people I know across the highway or recognize other guys in trucks from a mile away or if they change something small on it. But I didn't notice a change in the house or with her outfits, etc. <laughs> Uh, keep doing what you're doing because clearly you're doing something right. Honey, you, you are <laughs> always beautiful. You've managed to reach an old country boy up here in Alberta that doesn't have any of the social medias you constantly talk about. Cheers from William. Well, William, and, thank you. Uh, and appreciate you that. The best part is you don't have to have social to have uh, fun and interact with us. Look so at cool. this long-nosed Pete. Yeah, that's- uh, That's some that's, sexy right that's there. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I, I love me along nose Pete. I remember uh, talking to somebody who's in the big rigs one day, and I said, why a long nose Pete over something else? Like, I get it. They're cool. They're super customizable, but and they're stylish, but there's better trucks that are shorter, that are more maneuverable, you know, whatever. It's a man's truck. Well, it is. And and the, the thing I got back was it's the Harley Davidson bagger of big rigs. I'm like, if you think about it, you're right. There are faster bikes, smoother bikes, whatever. But there's nothing on the road that's got the style like a Harley Bagger. And that's kind of where the uh, long nose Pete comes in. It's just nothing cooler. That's, just, that's what you're saying, yeah, right? It's, yeah, totally. It's a cool factor, yeah. All right, one last email here, Lighting. Uh, hello, this is from Benjamin Koffel. And he says, hello, Lighting and Holman. I've got a couple of things on my mind I wanted to write in about. First, I picked up my winter project a few months ago, and I've been slowly picking away at it. With the summer winding down and the weather cooling off here in Minnesota, I'm hoping that I'll have more time for it to make solid progress. The project is an off-road buggy. It's a K5 Blazer chassis with limited body panels. I've attached some pictures of it for reference. Uh, This guy needs to talk to our friend Stephen Watson, who is encouraging you to rant since Stephen owns off-road design and K5 Blazer buggies are his, his deal. I was planning on doing a full tube frame, but I found this on Facebook Marketplace for less than the raw pipe cost. A lot of work already done. I mounted up a 6-liter LS with a 4L80E and an MP261. I'm going to do a full float 14 bolt. That'll be four linked in the rear. And in front, I've got an 054 Dana 60 that I'm hoping I can do a three link on. I'm starting with 39.5-inch Super Swampers with hopes to go up to a 42 or a 44 in the future. I was wondering if or hoping you guys had a guest on the show to talk about link suspension systems or off-road specific suspension. Uh, I think we can find somebody absolutely to I wonder if uh, Mr. Thurin would be the guy for that. Or uh, Mel Wade at uh, Evo Manufacturing. Mel okay. would be a great person for that. Or or maybe one of the uh, trophy truck shops or something that has a fabricator. I bet I could maybe call the, the terrible herps up and see if there's somebody over there. Let's work on that. I'm going to go ahead and just write down a suspension person. All right, so he goes on to say, if you guys have any advice for me on this project, I'd love to hear it. Also, if you have any good names for the project, I'd love to hear them. I've been calling it the Buggy, and I'd like to have a more clever name. K5 Buggy. No. Uh, no, no, I'm just saying it's a K5 Buggy. That wasn't the name. Right, yeah. Hmm. It, it can, oh, I see. Hmm. It, it, uh, well, he sent us pictures. I. Uh, it's ugly. K High Five? Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's work on that. Okay. Uh, when this project is done, I'll need to tow it to the off-road parks or events that we go to. Most of the time, these are weekend-long events, so typically we bring the fifth-wheel camper. I don't think I'd want to tow a tandem axle trailer with a buggy on it behind the fifth wheel. 
That's baller status right there. Not allowed where we live, and holy crap, that would be crazy. So he says, that means I either have to take numerous trips to get a second truck for my wife to drive or upsize to a flatbed. I could put the buggy on and pull the camper behind it. However, that option is out of the budget for now. Leaving a second truck for the wife is the only real option. The question I'm posing for you guys is what truck? With a sub $5,000 budget, what would you be looking for? Half ton, three quarter ton, one ton? My trailer is about 2,500 pounds. I'm hoping the buggy won't be much more than 4,000. Sub $5,000? So it would be a pretty light for a three quarter ton, but with the wife not being used to towing much, I'd like to give her something that will easily handle it. I've already got a 99 three quarter ton Silverado 6.05 speed, so don't want another Silverado 2,500. I'm thinking about leaning toward a 2003 quarter ton Suburban. That is a cool truck, especially with the 8.1 in it. Uh, eight lug Suburban, those are badass. If I went that route, would you get the six liter 8.1? 8.1, especially if you're towing. But again, didn't he say awesome. less than 5G? Uh, yes. Can you pull that off? Yeah, you can probably find stuff out there. Beat up from the feet up, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if my wife had just learned to drive stick, I'd put her in the Silverado, then I could get a 70s pickup or something else cool, but less safe to haul with. Keep up the great work. Thanks, uh, Ben Koffel. Um, dude, I, hmm. I guess I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one, yeah. I would look, I would look for a, probably a crew cab half ton, because it's going to be cheaper than a heavy duty. Maintenance is going to be a little bit better. But it's going to- it's going to be heavy and long wheelbase, so she had no problem towing 65, 7,000 pounds. Well, it's going to have some squat, though. You might have to- No, not- Airbag it or put some leaves? I mean, it might be tired from its age, but even back then, you know, half ton trucks are eight, 9,000 pounds. Okay. So I I think it'll be fine. I'm more thinking about what we can call the uh, the K5 Blazer buggy. I got it. What? Okay to blaze. That's a slogan, not a name. Oh, yeah. You're is. not like, hey, here's my friend Okay to blaze. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. No. Hmm. I got it. Uh, the uh, not okay five. I, solid. Solid. Not okay five. How about uh, the K3? Because it doesn't equal a what, K3? What do you mean? Because it's a strikeout. Have you seen how ugly this thing is? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Uh, ben, we love you, but that's the best we can do right now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. All right. Uh, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That is truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it. And hopefully it will make us smarter. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. All right, he's at LBC Lighting. I'm at Sean P. Holman, and we are at Truck Show Podcast. And you can uh, hit us up, DM us, or you can even call us on the five star hotline, which we have not heard from you guys in a while. Make the phone ring, people. 657 205 6105. And uh, that reminds me, Lighting, we probably should change the message. It's been five years. Uh, I think what we do is um, we've got a milestone coming up. Yep. And I think at that milestone is when we. Drop the new outgoing message onto the five-star hotline. All right. I think that's the plan there. Hey, by the way, how huh? close are we to a 1,000 reviews on Apple Podcasts? Uh, as of uh, the last time I checked, we were at like 999 or something. Oh, like my. We're, no way. We're one away from a 1,000? Uh, something like that. Come on, guys. All right, listen. We don't ask for any money. We don't. We're not hawking T-shirts or something like all the other we shows. We will be. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> Listen, but right now, this is a free show to your ears. It costs you zero but that's, time. That's why they right? won't spend time with us because... So- they listen. They're, listen. We're costing their ears, and they're not going to buy a T-shirt. You're saying we're costing. We're, it's a, it's a costing. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes, we're costing we're their a ears. Costing their ears. Yes. Listen, all this is lightning speaking. All Why do I'm you always say for, this is lightning speaking because they think they don't we, know us. We don't sound anything alike. They, but how, 
it's weird. I, it's not that we don't sound. It's, listen, I sound this way and you sound that way. Like, <laughs> but they don't know but who's don't, talking. But How do they know who's talking? Lightning hair. <laughs> I'm. It just amuses I just me. Think that's that all. They don't know. I think that you're silly. They, they can't see us. This is a podcast. <laughs> okay, listen, guys, oh, guys, lightning. guys, stop. Shush. <laughs> hey, please wait, leave hold us. Hold on. Oh, Let them know who's talking first. I already said it's lightning. <laughs> okay. I'm the guy with a high-pitched voice, right? What? Please leave us- 1,002. Oh. We've made it. Unfortunately, we don't have a place to get everybody High together. High five. There we go. Five stars. Uh, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Woo. All right. 1,002 reviews on Apple Podcasts. All we ask, guys, is that you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave one on Spotify if that's your choice. We'll love you for it, but really it matters most on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we've got a couple new reviews. You want me to uh, go through those real quick? Yeah, as a matter of fact, if you have new ones, I'm going to play this. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five, 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 five. Stars. Five stars. Right back at you, brother. Not even close. No? Not even close. Did you? I, I felt the sound go away when I do it again. <laughs> no, not even close. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five, stars. five, 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 five. Stars. Five stars. Right back at you. That wasn't even. That was awful. No, it was, that no. was atrocious. That was Come boring. on. Well, I stumble. I can't talk right now. Apparently, I just. <laughs> We're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service. That's at what this time. my brain is saying to my mouth right I, now. I, I know it is. All right, I got this one from uh, 5K from Hawaii. 5K from HI. Funny, fun, and informative. Gotta love this refreshing new take on getting the latest word in the world of trucks. Lightning and Holman are great, and they're bringing live interviews that you're not gonna get anywhere else. What surprises await in the next episodes? I guess we'll just have to wait to hear. In the meantime, I enjoyed the first episode twice. And five, five stars! stars! So those are real high fives for you guys. If you leave us a review, we will high five for yep. you. All right, and I got one more here uh, from Awesomely Done. And this might be the strangest review we've ever received. Really? I hope this message gets to someone who can help or advise me. The last year and a half has been the hardest time of my life. Maybe it's a test, but maybe it's just my luck. I've been watching you guys since the Diesel Brothers days. I know that you guys know your stuff. And five stars. Wait, that's what? literally a review. Wait, I've been watching you guys I, since the Diesel Brothers? Is that Brothers? creepy or does it sound like somebody who has a call for help? Oh, that's weird. Passive, uh, like I'm... It's just... Is it like... Uh, are I they mean, auditorily leering at us? <laughs> no. What do you mean leering? They're saying I'm I'm ha I don't know. What was that? Are they person... watching us from a distance? No, what was that person going through when they I left don't know. that message? Like I read you everything I have. Did it was it a guy and his wife left? I don't him? know. Like, what? No, his in the thing is awesomely done. Exclamation is his name. No, but he said I, I know I have a rough time. I've I'm been going, there. It's like I'm going through life's downturn. I know. Well hopefully we're here making you happy. Because you made you made me sad, but I appreciated the essence of your message. And what's the person's handle? I just told you, awesomely done. Awesomely done. That's it. He just says, please advise. Listen, I feel like we're going to have a moment of like Dear Abby. So uh, awesomely done. Please uh, send us a message if you uh, need anything from us. We would love to chat with you. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Or hit us on any of the sort. But dude, 1,002 reviews that's it's nowhere near like 
10,000. Car cast or smoke <laughs> tire, Joe Rogan or. Uh, come on, guys. We know that there's more of you out there. Just, we know because we can monitor the I downloads. Can, uh, on like, Apple, and they're like 67% of all of our downloads. Throw us some stars. Throw us some stars. All right. Uh, we are uh, out of time. And it's time to put on our uh, comfy shoes and our sweater. And, uh, five stars. Five stars. Oh, no. Not five, this again. Yeah, five five stars. See if we can do it. Come on. Oh. Five, five, five. Stars. Five stars. Right back at you, brother. It sounds like you're lowering the volume right when he starts. I'm not. I feel I'm like not. there's the five stars. I'll boost it this time, okay? All right. Five stars. Five. 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 Stars. Five stars. Right back at you, brother. <laughs> see, you, you no, screwed killed, it up. I then, killed a complete. And then you didn't come back up to see uh, if I was on no, time I or not. I muted that one completely because I thought it would be funny. You suck. <laughs> I'm done with the show. What I'm not done with is Nissan truck. So go buy yourself one because unlike Lightning, Nissan has supported me since day one. Wait a minute. There's a high-speed uh, pursuit geez. and there's a guy in a Nissan no. Frontier outrunning the fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> no? It's not happening? Oh. No, that was last week. Oh. It was good, though. <laughs> Dude, watching a Nissan Frontier jump mm-hmm. a driveway into Angel Stadium's parking lot and then drive through barriers was awesome. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's just, it's a, you don't know what's going to happen. Did you screen record it? No. You should have. Why? I, just because it's so awesome. I know, but it just it's like water under the bridge. It's like this show. One and done. You listen to it, it's behind you. You just always focus Woo, on the next one. Thank God I got through that show. Woo! I yeah, made it, we definitely, I made it out uh, unscathed. Definitely had those nights. Mm-hmm. All right, listen. Nissan, Nissan Frontier, Nissan Titan, great trucks, super dependable, and they will outlast the competition sure, and the, the police chasing them. Yeah, five-year, 100,000-mile warranty on the Nissan Titan, the Titan XD. It's the best in the business. Build and price yours online at NissanUSA.com or head down to your local Nissan dealer. Don't steal it. Just take it for a test drive and bring it back. All right. Uh, Speaking of Nissan Titans and Frontiers, uh, we've got some more Nissan Titans and Frontier stuff coming soon. I wish you could have seen Holman's eyes. They were darting back and forth. (laughs) When he does this, like, I know something that you don't, his eyes go left, right, Mm. left, right. Is that my tell? Oh, my God. It's the most obvious tell ever. Hmm. Your eyes just dart from one corner of your sockets to the other. It's so Mm. weird. It's so strange. Lightning, you have a a future here. (laughs) It's so weird. That's so creepy. Uh, You guys can see that. All right. uh, You know what it is? It's like one of those uh, clocks where the cat's eyes. Yeah, yeah, the the cat clock. That's what it is. That's not what it is. Yeah. You you look weird. You're weird. No, you're weirder. No, you're weird plus weird maximum weirdness weird Mm. hey did you know that you could get a banks ram air diff cover that has on the inside radius ports directional fluid guides internal heat absorbing fins uh simple fluid change ram air system with breakaway scoops lubricant raceway cnc machine service and an o-ring seal and that's just on the inside on the outside, you get all sorts of uh, extra goodies like die-cast construction, magnetic fill plug and drain plug, a sight glass with contrast green, patented air scoops, again, break away in case you hit one off-road, class-leading heat rejection, 304 stainless hardware. By the way, you see the warranty returns at banks, and you talk to the customers. Mm-hmm. Has anyone knocked off one of those fins and either bought it or tried to warranty it? One. One? Yep. Out of the thousands you've sold, that one guy did it. We've sold over 10,000. Holy one guy, moly. one guy hit it on a tree stump, huh? And it worked. Yep. Huh. No questions asked. Full. We got it. Well, we sent him a new one. Is that the warranty? Yeah, lifetime. Lifetime, even if you do something dumb. 
you hit a rock and it busts off. And the funny, the, just like I mean, we, it is on your diff. just like we predicted, he got all the way back to the ranch and he goes, I looked down and it was missing one of those scoops. What do I do? And I go, I send you a new one. He goes, well, how much is it going to cost me? I go, nothing. He's like, w- why? I Dude. said, because we have a lifetime warranty. If you Good break you. off a Ram Air scoop on the bottom and, and, and other guys will say like, well, they hang down so low. I go, they hang down. To collect air. No, no, no. no. They hang down no lower than the lowest part of your differential housing. Of course, yeah. There are ears on the side. There are ears on the sides. Yeah. And I, to prove that, I jacked up a couple trucks uh-huh. using the diff. And uh-huh. the guy's like, oh, I guess they don't hang down. Did you that figure low. out like what you could drive over in the bank's parking lot and see if you could knock it off? You're like, look, I'm clearing this tree stump that's been in the corner for five years. No, it's everything's blacktopped in our uh, yard. Shh, you don't tell them that. They don't well, know. Well, we don't know. It's not like it's we, the we, bank's we, test track. facility. Yeah, where you do R&D on. Products like awesome diff covers. Listen, good on you guys. Full lifetime warranty, even if the uh, owner messes up. That's that's awesome. Well, you know what I'm hearing? The fan of your laptop? Dude, this thing. I'll be so happy to get rid of this computer because there's so much bloatware on it. All it does is run the fan all the time. Just just nonstop. It's it's just cooking itself to death. <laughs> <laughs> so when I when I give this back, I, it'll be fine. <laughs> like, why, why are you giving it back? I don't understand. Why are you giving all your, your Motor Trend stuff is being turned in? Hmm, that's strange. What? That's huh. that's. I didn't say that, Lightning. Hmm. Didn't say I was that just reading into it. No, it's it's. Listen, good. It's it's all good. It's all good. So what you're saying is they should head to bankspower.com, type in their year, make, and model to find their Ram Air rear differential <laughs> cover. <laughs> all right. Uh, last but not least, demosproshoveltools.com. You can get out there and get uh, an heirloom Overland vehicle quality metal collapsible and folding shovel. We love everybody at Demos. They are not cheap, but it will be the last shovel you ever buy for your vehicle. You can get the compact Delta. You can get the Delta itself. They've got mounts, all sorts of stuff. DemosProShoveltools.com. Get yourself one for the holidays. Tell your wife you want one for the holidays, but make sure that on your list next to Demos Pro Shovel Tools, you have Truck Show listed as a discount code. You'll get 10% off. And a new shovel. Perfect for everything we dump on our listeners. Uh, speak for yourself. Guys, I have a question. Okay. Will the new hosts be funny or will you force me to go with you? Uh, well, you're in my laptop, so you have to come with us. Well, that sucks. <laughs> wow. I mean, she's not wrong. No, she's not. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. You're weird. No, you're weirder. No, you're weird plus weird. Maximum weirdness? weird.